What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? We are back with show 92, another week, another set of guests, and we are brought to you as always by Mad Jack Synthetics. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. Contact Mad Jack Synthetics at 805-531-9551 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. All sport dynamic wrist braces are the helmet for your wrists. Top riders like Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarillo, Joey Ciavacci, and many more trust Allsport Dynamics. You should, too. Check them out at WristBraceGod uh, on Instagram or at MotocrossWristBrace.com or hit me up, DarksideMX3 at AOL. You guys need a new set of graphics. If your bike's getting looking a little worn out, graphics been rubbed off from a hard year of moto, Go to MX Girl, check her out, MX Girl Designs. Char at MXGirl.com will hook you up with anything you need for modern bikes, vintage bikes. Give her an idea. She'll run with it. Give her an, uh, you know, a, a background that you've already got. She'll, she'll make it happen. Contact Charlene. Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes replacing fork seals, so ask your local motorcycle shop about Shock Socks. Or go to BurnMotorsports.com. And of course, fly racing, man, I'm pretty stoked on the fly racing one. TJ. I know I you're know like that. speechless almost. <laughs> Since 1998, fly racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly racing has hard parts, mountain bike parts, motocross gear, snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check your local dealer, and they will hook you up. Undoubtedly, with the best gear out there, fly racing. Show 92, TJ. Man, we're getting close to that 100 mark. We are. We are. I don't know what we're going to do for that, but it's coming fast. Um, I didn't think we'd last to 10 shows, and now we're at getting close to 100. It's kind of amazing. Dude, and I haven't talked to you about this on air because this happened last week, but our numbers, last uh, so I, checked our, I check our numbers every month or so to see where we're at for our weekly downloads. It's been averaging about 2,500 for probably a year, somewhere in that neighborhood. Close to, yeah. Last Monday I looked, we had sixty two hundred. Tuesday we had sixty or seventy three hundred. Um, Wednesday it was up to like eighty two hundred, and then Friday night I looked and it was at ninety two hundred. I can't believe that many people want to listen to. to I don't know Utah. how it went up a thousand. I mean, if, if I was a there, thousand listeners per week or per day that for a, a week. If I if I was in studio, I could understand it, but with just you and whoever in studio, it's it's I don't, <laughs> okay. it doesn't make sense. What, who are you? <laughs> Nobody. Yeah, me either. But it's uh yeah, I, I just I appreciate everybody that listens and downloads and checks it out. It's amazing. It means a lot to us. We appreciate our Patreon subscribers. Those those um, packages that we've been talking about for months are going out within the next couple of weeks. I've got some time um, where I'm going to have some time to get everything organized and boxed up and shipped out. I apologize. I haven't done it yet. It's just I've got a lot going on. Busy. Yeah, busy, I mean, busy, I, busy. Know, I've got a real job outside of this and family just like everybody else. But, yeah, we appreciate our Patreon supporters, patreon.com. You can go support the show if you feel the need. It helps us out a tremendous amount. Last week, we had a Pro Taper aluminum throttle tube to give away. 
Uh, Brandon Kerr is the winner of that throttle tube, so that's going to go out. He is also a Patreon subscriber, so I'm going to throw that in with his Patreon stuff and awesome. save the shipping on a second package. <laughs> it's Shipping's ridiculous. Price. Man, well, I tell you what. I shipped my seat to Guts because I got a seat cover from Guts Racing. Why'd you ship the whole seat? Okay, so I got the seat cover in. I watched videos on how to do it just to make sure I knew what was up. Talked to a couple of people. They gave me all the, the, the info I needed, the technique. I tried it three times. I you should have just brought it over, bro. I, you weren't here. You're always, you're always out of no, town yeah. working. I couldn't get the wrinkle out of the upper part mm-hmm. by the tank. Just couldn't do it. And somebody on Instagram or whatever was like, dude, you just got to pull tight. Pull it as tight as you can. So I pulled as tight as I can, and I ripped the seams. Oh. And at that point, I was just pissed off, and I put it in a box and shipped it to Andy Gregg at Guts. And it's like, yeah, we do it for free anyway. Oh really? Yeah, they'll put, if you buy a product from them, they put it on. You got to ship the seat, which right. It was forty five bucks to ship it to California, like fourteen to ship it back. <laughs> it's crazy, wow. but you know, like I said, every, everybody wants to go to California, even the products. It costs more. No, no, it's cheaper to get out of there because more it's things are leaving. It's cheaper to come anywhere else because who wants to go there anyway? Because everybody's leaving. Everything's you'll leaving. You pay that much to get to California. You ain't gonna pay that much to go anywhere else. Just shows you how few trips go to California, dude. Everybody is leaving California, no, so it's easy to get it. Everything, everybody wants to go to California, <laughs> and it costs more. You know, popular shit costs more. Well, anyways. So, and we also have our Amsoil four stroke pack to give away tonight. Uh, awesome. We'll come up with a, I kind of have an idea how we're going to do that. We'll talk about it at some other point. Got to make sure you guys keep listening. So, Amsoil, got to keep them on the hook. Dane Evans, appreciate you uh, for hooking us up with the product. So, season's over. Iron Man's over. Another mud fest. What do you think? Chad Reed? Yeah. Awesome. I cannot believe for some stupid reason I didn't pick him for fantasy. I just did. I was so busy at work. I didn't have a chance to check out that. And yeah. that that and Medagula were just, they just, I just died in fantasy. And I would have picked him if I'd have been paying attention and I didn't. Um, I, I heard on the Pulp Show they keep talking about him maybe going to JGR. Seems like a great fit. He was on last night. Suzuki, he talked about it. Suzuki needs somebody to yeah, promote sure. that bike. Jesus. He he was pretty speaking pretty highly of it. Yeah. And then there's some, like the, the rumor going around, they talked with Honda. Um, I'd rather see him on Suzuki. I think at Honda he would be just a, another guy. I mean, it's Chad Reed, yes. But with Suzuki, they could really tout that. They could they, really yeah, use they, that. They need him, I would say. Um yeah, uh, well, as far as fantasy goes, I wasn't home Saturday. I was at the track with Doc and JT Cooley. Doing, and I had already had my picks in. Yeah. I always do my picks early. And I had Jason Anderson and I had Chad Reed. And I was like, man, I'm dropping those guys. It's muddy. Like, I didn't think Chad and Jason would really give a damn about riding the mud. I right. They'd be like, nah, I'm not going back out. So I dropped them. And then JT talked me into Chad, but I did, I did not pick up Jason Anderson again, which is good because he did good. not ride the second moto. Right. But my picks were decent. Um, I think if Dylan Ferrandez hadn't blown up Moto One, obviously I would had. Who was it that was leading in one of the motos and uh, second one of the second motos and landed and it blew his feet off the pegs right off the bat? Dude, I, I'll be real honest. I was just sort of listening to the oh. race. I wasn't. I was he, doing some I other stuff. I can't remember whoever it was that pulled the hole shot that was leading. He landed in uh, like what looked like yeah, smooth yeah. dirt, and his bike just sunk. And, and I saw that, and I'm like, yeah. It was at 250 or 450. I can't remember now. But I when remember. I watched that, I was just. I guess I need to watch it again because I, I didn't really. I was not super into it that night. Yeah. I was really tired from riding. It was hot as shit out here in Texas, and then I was just kind of listening to it while I was. Right. Well, I was doing some stuff. Actually, I was doing sh- the show research for tonight. 
it was pretty it was a it was a good race it was a good season um without the dnf that um tomac had it wouldn't have been as good i guess you'd say no it would definitely yeah it would have been it was exciting for a minute we really thought Marvin was going to have a chance. Up. But then, you know, even chance. when he had that opportunity, he just he kind of let it get away from him. Yeah. So now on to Moto de Nations. Motocross of Nations, yeah. We're already talking about Supercross a little bit. Main Event Moto did a show about it, and I sent some questions in for Daniel. And Yeah. There's a lot of excitement. I'm excited for 19, man. It's, uh, I'm excited for the MX of Nations I, and Straight Rhythm, but I'm really, really excited about Supercross. I really can't really care about 2019 Supercross until they release the schedule. Hmm. Well, I, I don't need to know where they're racing to know I'm excited about it. I need to know where they're racing. Okay, well, they're going to be racing in most of the stadiums they always race in with a few ex- new new ones. I just need the schedule, not before anything, but the fact that I'm going to probably wind up being at like nine of them, right. so I need to know when they are. Well, you'll you'll know when the time's right. <laughs> Just makes me sick. All right. Well, how about um, so Plessinger wins the championship? I hadn't really talked about that, but what about some of the other guys, man? I mean, you know, Michael Moseman had a few moments of you know, cool. Dill Merriam. There's some other guy, uh, R.J. Hampshire. Some of those guys showed some some stuff there at the end. I yeah, but I think it was just overshadowed by like Plessinger making it early those guys in a way i mean if osborne was still there um martin was still there i mean a couple of guys it's kind of the same thing with the 450 we have guys doing good but some of the major contenders are out and i just kind of lost interest not lost interest that's kind of a harsh thing to say but the wind out of the sails though yeah of of all of it i hear you but it was i'm excited to see some of those guys hopefully step up because a lot, you know, we've got four or five guys, big guys from the 250s moving to the 450s next year. Yeah. I mean, we got Zach Osborne's moving up, Savachi's moving up, AP's moving up, Justin Hill's moving up. I feel like there's one more, but maybe that's Who do, Okay, let's just use those four guys there. Who does better? Of all of them? Like, like, like give me a, an order of how each of them do. Of those four, I'm going to go AP. He's better than Osborne. AP, Osborne, Savachi, Hill. Really? Yeah. I think Hill will have a really good... I think Hill will be better than Savachi. I think he's going to have his moments, but I'd see... I just... I don't know, man. I, there's just those things, inconsistencies with Hill's performance. Yeah. I hope he proves that he, he's not going to continue that way, but if you look at the history, he misses some races. There's just those races where it's like he's either not feeling it or he just did whatever. Whatever's going on, he's just not up there and... That may change in the 450s, but I don't know that it will. Osborne, I think, just with the program he's on, he's going to be, you know, kind of still going to be basically on the exact same program he's on now mm-hmm. with exact same training he's doing now. And with the top guys of the sport, I think Osborne is going to be the best out of the, I guess you say, the freshman class for the 450s. I just, I can't imagine. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, AP's good, but I just don't see him as serious and as adult as Fact. as Zach is about it. You know? His riding style is more conducive to a 450. Zach's, Maybe. Oh, Zach's yeah. uh, low, you know, rev, rev the bike. and Yeah. So we'll see, though. I mean, the, the guys have – all those guys have so much talent. You know, it, you just don't know. They could come up and they could be, you know, the next – like Jason Anderson did pretty damn well. It took him a couple of seasons, but – they may be that like one of those elite guys, or they may just not ever amount to 
anything more than top. You think they like ten, twelve? They'll they'll all be on the four fifties for Monster Cup. I'm oh, sure. I would assume. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool to see. Yeah. Gotta go get that million. <laughs> I mean, if I was going after a million dollars, I think I'm riding a four fifty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I get that crowd. And did you see the track? They're going to be going. It, they're going to be going into the stadium at like Mach ten. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be ridiculous. That's uh, too fast. I don't know why they do that, but it's <laughs> you know on concrete basically. Well, right. anything else, TJ, for the open of this? You got any other thoughts? No, um, we got a good show. We got a good group of of people coming on. As usual, it's you do a good job of getting these guys together. Yeah, sometimes it's not easy getting guys to answer. Man, I've been trying to get Cole Seeley for a couple of weeks and he get him back responded. on. He's not. He's not answering right now. I'd love to hear what he thought thinks about being back on the bike. But it's not always easy. But we reached out. We got uh, Derek Rankin tonight. He is Rocky Mountain KTM ATV MC mechanic for Benny Bloss. We've got Mitchell Falk, the Troy Lee Designs rookie. Chris Cooksey with Moto X Addicts, and he's a WPS rep. And we have the girls from the Vegas Torino team, Team Aggie, saving that the best for last. On their class, that we're gonna have. Most of those girls on. I think one of them is actually she is out in California, but the, all the other girls are in Vegas, so they're going to be together, and we're going to get them on. Awesome! That ought to be like a lot of fun. All right, yeah. Well. Let's go with a little break, and we'll be back with uh, Derek. Sounds good. Right, our first guest of the night is brought to you by Shock Socks, the original and number one ten-second removal fork seal protector. Go to your local dealer, ask them about Shock Socks, or check them out at BurrMotorsports.com. So our first guest is the Rocky Mountain KTM ATV MC mechanic for Benny Bloss, Derek Rankin. Is that how you say your name, Rankin or Rankin? Yeah, man, Rankin. Rankin. Okay, that's what I thought, man. How you doing tonight, Derek? All good, dude. Just hanging out. Yeah, you told me you're up in Oklahoma, so you're not too far from us. No, yeah, I'm in OKC. Uh, Benny trains at Raynard, so yeah. this is where I'm based out of. They got a lot of fast guys there, like on a day in, day out basis over there, don't they? Yeah, I mean they got a few. They got you know Benny and Forkner and Jesse Flock and uh, Adrian Galamba. You know they're all they're all pretty good. Yeah, that's a that's a good crowd, man. So, um, you know, what's it? How do you like uh, working for Rocky Mountain? You know, and let's and let's get a little bit of your history. How did you get from from uh, MMI and get to Rocky Mountain? Oh man, that was uh, <laughs> that was a long road for sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, long story short, you know, I did the whole privateer thing. I worked with a bunch of different privateers, and uh, I think what mostly led me to working with you know the Rocky Mountain KTM team was I actually worked with Freddie Norn whenever it was Rocky Mountain Honda. Okay. Yeah. So you know, whenever that uh, whole uh, sponsor switched teams. Uh, I just I got wind of it pretty quick. Yeah. That way I could try to get my foot in the door with, you know, Forrest Butler and them. Well, what do you think about MMI? I mean, I, I read a little bit about, you know, a little bit of your – I did a little research on you. I read a couple articles you've done. You know, MMI is um, very well known, but then you also have some of the – like the Scott Adkins School, which is motocross, supercross specific. Do you feel like one or the other is better for somebody that wants to get into the industry like you did? Um, I mean, when I, uh, the Scott Acting School wasn't around whenever I was looking into becoming a mechanic. Right. Um, I think that's a pretty good option though, just based on if you only want to do motocross and supercross. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I mean, MMI was good, but it sets you up for a dealership, obviously. Sure. And not very many people there actually know anything about motocross. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy, but uh, I mean, I actually just had this conversation with a kid back home today. Yeah. He called me telling me he wanted to be a mechanic, was kind of picking my brain about it. And I told him to definitely look into Scott Atkins School just because it seems like the past couple months I've noticed that more and more graduates from that program are getting hired by teams. Yeah, so they, I think that that's kind of the quicker way to get into it than, you know, the way I did it. Yeah, I think Scott has some pretty good connections. And he I for, he was on, and I forget what the percentage he gave us, but he's, there's a pretty high percentage of him getting – his graduates into the industry, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, at MMI, did they teach you, did you learn everything at MMI you needed to know to work on a motor, you know, on a, on a professional level motocross, supercross team, or did you have to learn that hands-on while, while just doing it? Um, no, nah, man, it was a lot of trial and error. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> you can, you can ask old Alex Ray, man. He had a bunch of, uh, Oh crap! Moments, I'd say. Right. Yeah. Well, I uh, I texted him last night, so I've got I've got a few uh, things to bring up after a while once we get into that. But oh, I got you. Yeah, I was wondering about the MMI thing because you know for years that's all I knew or ever heard of until just recently. And Steve Mathis promotes has talked about the Scott Atkins one a little bit, and then at St. Louis, Scott and his his uh, current class was at the St. Louis Supercross, so I got to meet some of those guys, and it was pretty cool. So I've yeah, got, I've got some questions for you. Yeah. What did you? What got you into riding? Were you? Did you ever have like a like? Were you trying to be pro and then turn mechanic or what? I mean, tell us about some of your history. Um. So, whenever I was about, uh, I'd say eleven years old, I had a buddy. Uh, he would just come over to my house. I grew up in just rural southern Indiana, and we lived on about a hundred acres. So. Um, my dad bought me a dirt bike, a little XR100, and I had a buddy who rode an XR80, and we would just rip them every day. <laughs> uh, on 100 acres and some mini bikes, that is endless riding. Oh, yeah, dude. It yeah. was just, it was so fun. And, uh, no, I just got into racing after that. I, you know, moved up, got a CR125, and I was always having problems with it, and I was always having to work on it, and, you know, I just went from there, raced... I think I did the last time I actually like tried to go to Loretta's. Uh, it was like 2013. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, I would make it to the regional, but never made it to the national. So that that right there tells you, yeah. <laughs> you know, about how fast I was. Yeah. Well, trust me, I've never qualified either. So it's man, that's that's an elite uh, group of amateur riders that make that that whole thing happen. Oh yeah. So did you at that point like? have somebody that you went to work for or you were just like, Hey, I want to stay in the industry. So that's when you went to be a mechanic or how'd that work? So I graduated high school in 2009 and my parents owned a restaurant in the town I'm from. Mm -hmm. So until about 2013, I, uh, I ran it for them. I actually managed it and was like head honcho. Right. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> then Around 2013, you know, seeing all my buddies, like, joining, like, unions and getting, like, these, you know, actual career jobs, I was like, man, what am I going to do? And I just, I couldn't, 
you know, get away from the dirt bike. So I called a guy from MMI and talked to him. And I think it took me about three weeks and I was in Orlando. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. You, I yeah. mean, you just made your mind up and it sounds like really to get in to doing what you're doing, you have to have that initiative to say, okay, I'm just going to do it. You know, you can't look back. You got to, you got to go all in and be willing to sacrifice because all the stories you hear or a lot of the stories you hear are the mechanics who, you know, they maybe they work for free for a little while or they sleep in somebody's garage or they sleep in the box truck or, or whatever. You know, you, you have to – you're not going to go straight in and get the uh, top mechanics job at, you know, factory Honda or whatever just the first day out of school. you got to su- sacrifice. Oh, yeah. No, there's there's a lot of uh... – a lot of weeks of working for, you know, a hundred dollar bill, basically. Right, right. Well, I, in doing my research on you a little bit, I found a, uh, 2014, you posted on Vital, like, hey, man, I, you know, I just graduated MMI and, and I'm, you know, basically you're, I say, hey, I, I'm looking for work and you were, I'll work for free. I just want to rinse for somebody. What, did, yeah. any, did anything come of that particular post? I, I saw a lot of the responses, you know, I, I read about 10 of them and, people were giving you advice, but did you actually get, um, any, a job out of that of any kind? No, I didn't get nothing from that. What, what really worked for me actually, while I was still in school, I called Tony Alessi. Oh, nice. I I got his phone number and I just straight up called him. Yeah. Which is like the most intimidating person you can call. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, I'd actually talked to him a little bit and, uh, we were actually in the process of setting it up to where I was going to drive up to where Mike lived in Florida. Okay. And help him out on the weekends a little bit and just kind of, you know, work with his mechanic and kind of right. try to learn stuff from him. Um, but then I went to me and a buddy, buddy of mine that I was roommates with at MMI. Uh, me and him drove up to Atlanta Supercross that year and. Uh, yeah, I guess it was spring of 2014. Right. And we took our MMI lanyards and stuff, and we made it look like we had credentials. <laughs> love I love it. it. I love it. Yeah, so that's, that's Rockstar right there. I bought a Muscle Milk Honda picture, like the replica ones. Right. I put on the same pants that HRC wears, <laughs> and I straight up just copied their look, and I just walked right in. That's, that's pretty nice like, that's gnarly dude i I love that now now everybody next year you like now 20. we know how not how not to have to pay to get in oh yeah dude <laughs> it, it worked out i mean now how i know how super or like you know supercross security actually is it's yeah. like it's not really like that amazing that i got away with it right right yeah <laughs> it's funny man but, you know certain stadiums I, i've noticed there'll be like three or four people that they don't really care. You just walk by, they don't even look at you. And then there's a couple, there's always at least one that is like a stickler. You know, he's, yeah. man, he's, let me see your credentials. Oh, no, you can't go there. Like, dude, I was just there. Well, you oh, can't, yeah. yeah, there's we always did, one. We did that one year at Vegas. We went to the Mini Moto, and because we were set up as a vendor and stuff there, they gave us these green wrist braces. Well, the next day at the Supercross, the green wrist braces got you in everywhere. Yeah. So and it was a little bit different green, but it wasn't enough to where the guys like you said that the the you know ten dollar an hour guards really cared. So right. I just flashed them the brace and act like I belong there, and they just <laughs> they just let me on by. It was yeah. awesome. 
I was, oh, yeah. I was down there, like, literally on the track, like, standing next to the track during the race. Yeah. Well, <laughs> at, at Millville, I mean, and it's, we're not talking about Supercross, but at Millville, I was walking with all the team managers towards the team manager tower. Yeah. And I had a guy stop me and said, oh, no, your wrist brace doesn't get you in there. I was like, oh, okay, no problem. So I walked around the start, went where the general pub- public went, went under the tunnel, and hung a left right in front of the tower. And the guy that was standing there was like, yeah, go ahead. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then I got ran off. Like halfway through the first 250 moto, somebody from X- MX Sports came up and said, hey, you're not allowed to be here. That's awesome. So, yeah, they, they ran me off. So we got we got to change subjects here. Yeah, yeah. Because, okay. um, and, and Darkside and I were talking about this, right, you know, during our break before we called you. Um, and, and most people who know you at, at all would know you're a bit of a wrestling fan. <laughs> and and I, I honestly, this is going to be the dumbest question ever. But do you watch Glow? <laughs> um, I've watched a few episodes of it actually. I yeah. love it. I'm like, and I didn't. He's know a little it. young to have been around at that time period. I got so you. So it probably doesn't relate a lot. But I I don't know anything about wrestling. I've never yeah. seen anything. That was my generation. Yeah, I've never seen anything about wrestling. It grow up. I've watched a little bit honestly since Benny. Was talking about you on there. I kind of watched some of the stuff that uh, Wygant talks about. Yeah, and I'm pretty impressed. But that, anyways, that show is awesome. Show. That's yeah. a, I know it's pretty dumb to say that on a Moto Pod, but no, we're, we're going to talk some wrestling anyway. <laughs> I told him we, we, you know, we've got some wrestling questions. We can go ahead and get into it, man, if you want. Right now, TJ, or you want to wait? Hey, let's get into it. Well, well, I mean, all right. Well, so I, racing let's, let's, is let's over for about, the year or yeah, for a little I, bit. Well, I've still got some Moto questions. Well, how did, how did you get into wrestling to begin with? Oh, man. All right. So, uh, my brother was a big wrestling fan. And uh, and what's his age compared to yours? Uh, he is five years older than me. Okay. Yeah. So, I, around 1990... Okay, so my first, like, thing I can remember, like, vividly is being in my living room at my parents' house mm-hmm. the night of WrestleMania 12. So that would have been 1996. Okay. And I remember, like, waiting for the pay-per-view to come on. Right. So, like, that is, like, I know I watched it before that, but that's the night where I'm, like, yeah. Like, yeah you, you, you fell in love. <laughs> you, you got sucked into the uh, the man. Uh, well, I always call it, like, a the, the male soap opera. Oh, yeah. No, it's somebody just asked me a couple weeks ago to describe it, and I told him it was a uh, – it was a soap opera for badasses. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, around that time, like, I grew up in the mid-'80s, you know, Hulk Hogan was Hulk big. Hogan, and, yeah. And, you know, Macho Man and, you know, Jake, Jake Snake, Snake Roberts. But I I told Weeds the same thing. I lived in Hawaii at that time. My dad was in the military. And we got all the different federations. So we got WWF. We got, at the time, it was NWA, which was like the Four Horsemen, Ric Flair, you know, the Road Warriors, Dusty Rhodes. We got the AWA, which was like Jimmy Superfly Snuka, and uh, at the time it was the Rockers, which was Shawn Michaels back when he was starting out as a tag team. And then we also got like the UWF, which was like Sting and the Ultimate Warrior and Dr. Death Steve Williams, and I I, I just ate it up as a 13-year-old kid. I loved it. I thought it was real. I I sat there like sweating when Hulk Hogan, I thought he was going to lose the title, you know, almost ready to break down in tears. Uh-huh. And I just, I love it. he still it. does that. Yeah, I still stuff. do. I still cry. <laughs> but then I kind of got out of it as I was older and around like 96, 97, 
my my first wife and I got into watching it when like the NWO got came out, you know, and it was the Wolf Pack and Hogan turned bad and all that. And we we followed it for about a year or two, and then I just kind of I quit watching again. But it was definitely it's a lot of fun if. Man, if you just get into it and the follow the storylines, it's it's no different than watching a, a TV show or whatever. You know, you can't wait to see what happens next week. Yeah, exactly. That's whenever uh, somebody says, "Oh man, you know it's fake, right?" I'm like, "Well, I mean, you walk into the movie theater knowing that it's a fictional." You know, sure, sure. Oh, like hey. <laughs> well, you know, and those guys, man, I've seen. I saw Jericho damn near break his neck, you know, because he made a mistake, and and it's it's not. Saying it's fake is probably the the wrong term. It's scripted. They know the outcome, but they don't yep. like most people think it's all rehearsed. Like like a match that you see on a Monday night, they don't practice all week long. They just they get to the arena. They're told who's going to win that night, and then they just work it out amongst themselves. Usually while they're doing it, they're talking. You know, they had they talk like Carney basically to each other in the ring. Yeah, I learned all that watching Glow. Yeah, yeah, but it's, I mean, I love, I'm fascinated by the behind the scenes stuff, like the, how they, how they, uh, in the locker room, how the boys react to each other, you know, and some of the guys on TV, they hate each other, but they're really good friends in real life. Some of the guys really hate each other behind the scenes. That's cool. You know, back in the nineties, you had Goldberg who was supposed to be this badass, but the other guys hated him. And like, I think Vader actually knocked him out in the back dressing room because, you know, I love those stories. Man, I, I'm ate up with that stuff. So this stuff for you, I mean, like, do you still, are you still into it as much as they say, or is it kind of blown out of proportion? Um, Well, it's Tuesday right now, and SmackDown is on currently, but oh, I haven't paused. Right <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so, so basically, it's like, we, we need to shut up and Tuesday move. night. We need to move on. <laughs> well... <laughs> I find it fascinating, man. Um, so, real quick, before we get off wrestling, who's your favorite wrestler all time? Who's your favorite tag team all time? Uh, favorite wrestler all time is Chris Jericho. Fozzie. Uh, favorite, favorite tag team of all time? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, that's a tough one. We could have done a podium with him on these. Well, I, I, I didn't get a chance to tell. I did one of the – I do a show on Thursdays called The Podium where I just ask writers, industry people, their top three in whatever subject. It might be your top three race ever. could be your top three guitarist ever, uh-huh. uh, which I did with Weed. I did his top fa- top three tag teams of all time. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, I would have to go with DX for okay. sure. Shawn Michaels and Triple H when it was just them two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was a big Shawn Michaels fan as a kid because I I actually got to see him wrestle when I was young. When he was he was a lot younger than obviously. All right, let's get back into Samoto real quick. <laughs> so, right. how did you come to work for Alex Ray? Um, I worked with Noah McConaughey for 2015. And we did outdoors that year with the BWR uh, team. And Alex was Noah's teammate. Okay. And Alex never had a full-time mechanic the whole time that he was a part of that team. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, So it would be like on Fridays at Nationals, I would get done with uh, Noah's bike. And then Alex would come over and he'd ask me to do something. I'd be like, all right, man, well, you know, you go to concession stand, get me something to eat, and I'll do it for you. <laughs> nice. I like it. That's Yeah, that's definitely some privateer stuff right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of read some of the, again, doing the research, I read some articles, and you were talking about some uh, some pretty interesting stories you guys had 
Um, A Ray texted me and said to ask you about fighting off a repo man with steak knives. <laughs> oh man, that was dude. That was a crazy night. So, um, you know Gus. Okay, so Gus Decker, he owns Team Gus, yes, which is like the first thing I was a part of. Um, he lives in Stockton, California, which I think like if you do uh like take the population and you know do the math about the murders in it it's like right. like per person has like got one of the highest percentage of murders in the country wow <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Rough. it's rough yeah it's gnarly um so we had the motorhomes in the back in his backyard which is all fenced in but gus wasn't there that night me and my buddy john garrett who was traveling with me that year he was inside Gus's house sleeping. Me, this is kind of funny. It ties back into the wrestling thing. I'm in the motorhome that night. It's a Sunday night, and the Royal Rumble is on. So I'm watching the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Were you staying in the motorhome or just out there to watch it? No, I, I stayed in the motorhome full time. Okay. So I was out there, and uh, it was probably like 2 a.m. or something. I hear this. I hear my buddy John just beating on the side of the motorhome. And I'm like, what in the world? So I let him in because I had it locked because I'm in Stockton, California. <laughs> so I let him in, and he's like, dude, there's somebody in Gus's trailer, which was the trailer next to us. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, what What do you want me to do about it? <laughs> I don't want to like, get shot. Yeah, I'm like, dude, like, so... That trailer, it had AJ Catanzaro's bike and I think Scotty Winterstrom's bike in it. Okay. Yeah, we, we know, know Scotty. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so I, me and John, we get out and uh, we like turn the corner to see the trailer and the door's wide open on it. It's just like flapping in the wind. Like it couldn't get any sketchier than this. <laughs> and so I'm like, John, we don't have nothing. So he goes back inside and like gets some knives or whatever. Steak knives. <laughs> Yeah, like kitchen steak, steak knives. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, me, I go full. I went, uh, you probably don't know this reference, but I went, in my mind, I thought Razor Ramon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scott Hall, so right? I just, Scott Hall. I just did like, my gnarliest Scott Hall impression. I was like, hey, yo. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they were already gone, so. Okay. It, yeah, it turned out to be like nothing, but the next morning, you know, we'd seen where they hopped the fence and broke the fence. That's they pretty... Broke they didn't, I don't think they got anything. I think right. they might have got some oil or something, but they couldn't get the bikes out, so right. that was good. All right, so he also said, ask him about Santa Clara 2016 LCQ with my foot peg. Oh, jeez. I don't know if I'm allowed to... Can they remove results? Like, can you get disqualified? No, after no, no, not at all. I think, yeah, I think it's too late now. Uh, so, um, in the heat race or the semi, I guess it would have been the semi that year, 2016. Yeah. Him and, uh, Mikey Akaiden crashed together in the first turn and he broke his foot peg mount on his Honda. Okay. Like, and they're, they're like pretty thick. So it took a lot to break it. So, uh, he finishes the motor or whatever. And then... We get back, and, you know, it's a quick turnaround for the LCQ. Yeah. And I don't even notice that his foot peg is 
basically about to fall off <laughs> until we're on the starting line. <laughs> and uh, I told him, I'm like, hey, man, you just you just got to have faith in it. And you're just going to have to send. I was like, there's nothing we can do right now. <laughs> I told him, I said, just have faith in it. Yeah. And he went out there and he qualified. I want to say he beat Vince in that LCQ. That's wow. awesome. That's, that's Yeah, <laughs> which, like, for 2016 A-Ray, that was a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's pretty yeah. rad, man. Like, I, I just can imagine the, the fun and crazy times you guys have had. Um, yeah, I talked to him a little bit. Yeah, I know you're a big metalhead, so am I. And I, I mentioned that to him last night. He's like, oh, yeah, we've been in the pit a few times and saw some guy <laughs> break his leg. And so were, were you oh. at were you at um, OzFest this last year at, the, at Glen Helen with him? Oh uh, yeah, me and him. Well, we went on uh, Sunday night when it was not fest. I didn't get to oh, go to Oscar because okay. Benny ended up riding that day and yeah, totally ruined my weekend. But right, <laughs> well, I was at Ozfest <laughs> the night before because I was at the the Vet Nationals. I saw Ozzy, but then I flew out early Sunday, so I didn't get to go the next night. But yeah, that's that was a lot of fun. So yeah, I definitely dig your taste in music. It's the same as mine. I saw your Slayer quote the other day. I was pretty stoked on that. Yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, Benny Bloss, man, now you working for him? How's that going? You, uh, you got a third, a podium at Redbud. What did that mean to you guys? Dude, that was crazy. Um, that whole moto, I was just like telling them, just be calm, just ride your own race. Don't worry about what position you're in right now. Does and he actually probably, even? Does he actually look at the pit board? I mean, does he come back and say he's seen that stuff? Or oh yeah, oh yeah, cool. Like I can see his eyes looking at it. Oh cool, <laughs> nice. Like yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. Um, so whenever Marv was closing in on him later in the race, you know, I'm telling him, "Hey, Marv's coming," but you know, just you know, just keep riding your own race. And then yeah. he was in fourth for about a lap or two, and like I was still like pumped on the moto i thought it was sick and then when eli's bike broke i was just i I put it out there p3 calm just two laps to go just just take her easy bubs yeah i was like because there was nobody coming at that point yeah he he, he talked about that on our show and that that's i mean that i was so happy for you guys man benny's a great dude and the, you know, the Rocky Mountain team's a great team. Uh, TJ here is a huge, huge Blake Baggett fan. So, and we're our show is sponsored by Fly Racing. So we're we're uh, really really stoked for you guys. Yeah, no, it's it's a good group. We uh we keep it light. So definitely, definitely. So I've got uh one more. I've got one more question, and I have one more listener question. Uh, okay. What's the what's the thing that Benny's the most either the hardest on or the pickiest about? Um, hardest on he's pretty hard on just like the side panels and stuff just because how big his legs are okay yeah like his knee braces like scratch the gas tank yeah his knees so high. he and i talked about yeah. that because i'm six three and like i th- i asked him about like gripping the tank because it's difficult at with longer legs because it feels like your legs are above the fuel tank almost so that that doesn't yeah. surprise me. And he said he runs his bike almost like standard, like what a, a shorter rider would run too. Yeah, no, we we tried, you know, tall tall everything, and he didn't like it at all. Right. Wow. Yeah, he rides pretty standard setup. 
Well, how about, um, is he picky about anything in particular? Um, honestly, not really. Uh, he's pretty, he's pretty, uh, he's gotten pretty picky about SAG lately. Okay. Which is a good thing. Cause before, like I couldn't really get any feedback out of him, but now like <laughs> finally being together for two years, we, I can kind of decode what he's trying to tell me. <laughs> okay. There you go. Yeah. But, uh, I say other than that, his seat, you know, he doesn't go very many hours on a seat. Really? Yeah. He likes some pretty stiff. He's not supposed to sit down. Don't stand up more. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, couple weeks ago i tried to take the foam off a seat pan and just put the seat pan on the bike because that's what robbie was having to work on with standing but he threw he threw a little fit so i didn't do it <laughs> all right well i've got one more listener question for you here and uh this one may blow you out a little bit so right. this is from instagram from uh, elizabeth.melina oh jesus <laughs> she wants to know why you have to play hard to get oh man that's a whole thing. She said you're, She said this would be embarrass you, but I told her I'd uh, I throw it out there anyway. <laughs> oh, and she wants to know if you're going to stay in Oklahoma for very long. That's uh, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, has this, turned, has this turned into love connections or something? It's key for after, know, key for after dark. Yeah, key for after dark. Love it. Well, she she sent the question, so I told her I would ask it. So uh, now it's in, the the ball's in your court. <laughs> hey, Derek, it was really great having you on, man. I appreciate you having uh, given us some time, and um, yeah, it's really cool. I'd like to, you know, maybe when Supercross comes around, once it gets going, we'll get you back on and see how that's going. Yeah, sounds good, dude. All right, Derek, we'll take care up there in Oklahoma and uh, try to find you some cool space during the day because it's hot as hell out here. Oh yeah. All right, Derek. Thanks, man. You have a good night. Appreciate you. All and right. uh, Yeah, we'll, we'll talk some more wrestling soon, too. All right. Sounds good, man. All right. See you, bud. That's it. Derek Rankin. Yeah. He was cool, man. I, yeah. I like having the mechanics the on. The mechanics are he, awesome. He's fun. Like, I, I know that we if we had more time, as always, we could have got lots more stories, <laughs> especially the Alex Ray stories. Yeah, but A. Ray, there's got to be nothing but stories. Yeah. There, like some of the research I did, there was just, you could tell they just have fun writing goofy stuff on the pit boards and uh just busting each other's balls and you know i mean you know a ray is pretty wild so yeah all right um hey so for the amsoil giveaway what i was thinking is um okay my email is darksidemx3 at aol i don't even know what the show email is anymore i forgot but so use my email send me a um a letter of why you deserve the amsoil four stroke gift pack why why you deserve it tell me you know you know, try not to just make something up. Let's give me some, give me some nonfiction, some truth, why you deserve it, why it mean, what it means to you, um, something like that, something cool. We'll pick the best story. Darksidemx3 at AOL.com. Send me some letters. We'll, we'll do the giveaway, let's say, two weeks from tonight. And that's not like a little giveaway. That, uh, I mean, that oil is good oil, and it's not cheap. So. No, no, and it comes with chain lube, uh, a yep. quart of oil, chain lube, and then there's some other little goodies like keychains and bandanas. And, and that rags. chain lube's good. Yeah, like, definitely. Like every time I get my hands on that, or if Dane sends that stuff out, I, I mean, yep. it actually is. And I'm kind of picky with chain lube because I I have to clean. I like my bikes to be clean. Sure. And some sure. crappy chain lube makes a huge mess. Yeah, it doesn't just, sling all over the place. Yeah, this is awesome stuff. Yeah. So, so we, yeah, and check out Dane Evans. Uh, all his social media. You can find him on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, and if Mad Jack Synthetics. If you like the products, get a hold of him. He can set you up as a dealer, and yep. you can... Shane Huff has done that, I believe. Yep. 
and you can get the products and sell it to your buddies and make a few dollars, help yeah. pay for your racing. I mean, it's a it's a great pro program. So definitely hit up Dane Evans. He does a great job with that stuff. But yeah, send me send me some uh, letters or whatever you want to call them, little notes about why you deserve the Amazon. We'll do and we'll do the giveaway. I'll announce the winner Tuesday after next, so two weeks from tonight. All right, guys, going to commercial break. We will be back with Mitchell Falk. Hey, Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get shock socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Madjack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. Amsoil has been around for 45 years and was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972. Since then, Amsoil has led the way in application-specific oils and fluids designed solely for your cars, trucks, motorcycles, boats, and more. We understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investments, whether it be your motorcycles or the vehicle you use to transport your motorcycles. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. By joining the Preferred Customer Program, anybody can buy Amsoil products factory direct at wholesale pricing. Want to stock it at your shop or use it on your fleet of vehicles for your business? Would you like to become an Amsoil dealer and have a tax write-off for your trips to the track or trail and start selling Amsoil to your friends and fellow racers? With Amsoil, you get free shipping on orders over $100, even when you are a wholesale customer. Contact Dane Evans to find out how it all works. We at Mad Jack Synthetics are riders and racers just like the guys at the Moto X Pod Show. We know what you need to keep you in the game week in and week out. Amazon Incorporated is a sponsor of many of your favorite series. Monster Energy Supercross, Snowcross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, GNCC, King of the Hammers, Hot August Nights Car Show, and Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. Contact Dane and tell him the Moto X Pod Show sent you. Let him help you save money on your maintenance using Amsoil. Contact Dane at 805-531-9551 or toll free at 855-623-5225 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Like us and contact us on Facebook at DaneAmsoilGuy, on Twitter at Dane underscore Evans 393 and on Instagram at Dane underscore AmsoilGuy. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why Allsport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. Allsport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. 
They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try all sport dynamic wrist braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, All Sports Dynamic Braces. What's up, guys? We are back with our second guest of the night, and he is Troy Lee Designs KTM Mitchell Falk, number 123. What's up, Mitchell? Not so much. How are you guys doing? We're doing good, man. So, um... It's you know you're you're a rookie this year. You're fresh off the Reddas. You you went to mm-hmm. your first uh, big national, and then your second national. Unfortunately, this last weekend at uh, Ironman didn't you didn't even get to race. That's kind of a great yeah. crappy situation. But you know how do you feel after Bud's Creek? How, how did that how did that whole day go for you? How do you feel about it? Uh, honestly, it went you know pretty well. I could have done a little better on finishes, but. Um... You know, the whole goal was to just see where I was at and um, kind of work from there and then go into Ironman and try to better myself. And, you know, I bettered myself on uh, qualifying, but unfortunately it it didn't work out with the mud and the other practice. So uh, I didn't really get the opportunity. I was going to ask that. Was there any part of you after watching the race that you were like, "Ah, I'm kind of glad I didn't have to race in that? Uh, no, I, I really wanted to race, honestly, and uh, I went to the line each time as an alternate. And, okay. Uh, yeah, it, it was pretty crazy that everyone showed up, even for the second moto. Right. Only one person didn't show up, so. Yeah, you, you uh, at, the, at Bud's Creek, you went 18-17 for 19th overall, but you, I mean, mm-hmm. you were up a little farther than that for a little while, I mean. How do you feel, like, what did you take away from Bud's Creek? I mean, were you surprised at how fast those guys are for that long? Because I know you haven't had to run those kind of, that long of a moto before. Or were you pretty well prepared from your practices with what was going to happen that day? Yeah, um, honestly, I got tired, and that that was to be expected, I think, especially with uh, how hot it was. It was a pretty tough race to start on. Um. I think what caught me off guard the most was honestly the track. I've never been there before, and mm-hmm. I've kind of watched it on TV all my life. And once I got there, it was so much different. You know, the hills were a lot steeper and a lot bigger than TV does justice, you know. So um, the moto finishes weren't there, like I said, but um, I had two good starts. And, you know, unfortunately, I had a few crashes, and yeah. you know, that kind of hurt me. 18-17, which wasn't, wasn't that great, but... Well, I would have to assume the team didn't really put any pressure on you. They were just, you know, out there to get you a couple of races in before 2019 comes around. Um, but, you know, coming out of – as one of the top amateur riders, was there a lot of pressure at that point when you were still an amateur and knowing that these teams expect a lot out of you? What was How was that pressure and how did you handle it? Yeah, um, honestly, the – yeah, the pressure of being a top rider and amateur is pretty heavy because you're expected to do everything so perfect. You know, you're supposed to get the whole shot every single race. You're supposed to win every single race. It, it's not like the pros where you have so many guys that it it's like, 
at a certain point you got to just try to do your best and that right. is what it is but in amateur you know there, there's a couple guys and you're kind of expected to win each time so that's tough but uh i feel like it uh going through those scenarios always helps you for the future and sure. makes you strong well and, and was that easy to that mindset of i'm one of the top amateurs in the nation i'm expected to win and then a week later I'm one of the, the, the newest pro racers. I'm not expected to win. They don't expect me to do really necessarily anything. No expectations. Yeah. Is that easy? To, was that transition easy? Or was your mind still, when you lined up at, at Bud's Creek, oh, I, I got to go out and win? No, it, it was a lot easier for me. Um, my only expectation for myself and from them was really to get the start and then try to go 20 minutes, you know, just – try to run that pace with them and uh-huh. then we'll work on the rest later. So I was actually um, a lot calmer on the start at Bud's Creek than nice. any amateur race, which I, I thought was pretty surprising. But uh, I think it just goes down to where, you know, if you, you just do the best you can and it is what it is. Well, there was a few years there and we're a little older than you by a couple of years, but a few years there where some of the top amateur kids, when you talk about like, you had Carmichael, uh, Stewart, then even all the way up until Trey Kennard, and then and Ryan Villapoto. That those kids come out and just dominated right off the right, right from the get go. You know they came out winning, right. which wasn't the norm, and it was almost seemed like for a while there teams were kind of expecting guys to do that. And it's glad right. to, I'm glad to hear that the team wasn't putting that kind of pressure on you because I mean that's a lot for a young kid coming in. Right. Yeah. No, I think um, in my position, I, I was a good amateur, but I've always kind of maybe not been the best. Yeah. Um, maybe I, I rode, I raced a lot growing up with Forkner and Sexton. And, you know, I always had those guys that were maybe just a little bit better than me. And I was always trying to, trying to beat them and trying to get better and be that guy. But, uh, you know, I think for them, for Forkner especially, he, he won everything as an amateur. So he really was um, expected to win. And when when you don't win right away, I think that kind of made some teams realize that, you know, it's, it's hard to beat the guys that are 10 years older than you. Yeah, right. yeah, for sure. A lot more experience. And, you know, you have to step back and look. Like, there's so much talent in that class, in that 250 class. It's really – almost ludicrous to expect a, a young kid to come in and be mentally prepared and physically prepared to go just win. I mean, it's just, and, and wow. at the end of the season where these guys have got multiple, multiple, I mean, all year of racing under their belt with each other. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, yeah. from us watching it, I mean, you did like, you did a great job. Everybody that I, that I know and, and you know, I, we've never actually met, but I've got to watch you at a lot of the amateur rate, amateur nationals race and um and announced a couple of times and I, I think you're right where you need to be and and especially you're going to spend this off season getting ready for a supercross that's going to be really good yeah yeah thank you yeah um i thought uh you know it was unfortunate that uh i only had two rounds just kind of how it laid out and then i even got it cut a short a round short you know so yeah. that was tough yeah um, for sure i think if I had a little more races, I, I would have gotten better and better and kind of, you know, by the end of a couple races, I would have been fighting for that top 10, which is really where I, I expected myself for the 
rookie couple of races at least, and yeah. then um, get a good building process going into the off season. Well, I got a dumb question, and I probably should know this, but how are they doing that now that Arena Cross is gone for Supercross points? Did you go to the road to Supercross before they shut down Arena Cross to get points, or? Oh. Yeah, so I actually um, started. Or twenty so twenty seventeen. I was going to the arena cross rounds, and um, I unfortunately got hurt. Monster Cup of twenty sixteen. Right. And I had. I remember that. That kind of deal took a long time. It was like a three month recovery with infections mm-hmm. and kind of stuff that went wrong. So mm. that was tough. And then I was on the bike for two weeks. Went into arena cross. And unfortunately, broke my femur. So then I was off another three months. So then that ended my arena cross year, the road to supercross on that. And then last, this year, I uh, did a couple of the amateur rounds of supercross, which you can get four out of six points. And then you had to do one arena cross. So I went to Reno. And uh, got those out of the way. So I'm qualified. But, uh, and those are all A classes for that stuff, right? Yeah. So yeah. the amateur, they do A classes. And then you right. go into the lights for arena cross. But uh, now I think they're just going to do it straight from the um, amateur supercross yeah, right. races. That's, right. what, that's what we yeah. heard. I was just curious about yeah. that. and make. I just didn't know how that was going to work and if you had already taken care of all that. So that was A1. Are you going to be doing anything between now and A1? Um. I've actually looked into doing the Transworld Slam, which is in two weeks, I believe. Yeah. Right. So I'll just try to keep racing a little bit, and um, I think that's the best thing for me is just trying to keep keep racing and uh, get ready for the Supercross. Snag you a two-stroke and go hit straight rhythm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe if it was four <laughs> strokes, I'd be there. But Right. Yeah, you need to, you need to just focus on A1. Right, yeah. yeah. And here, I'm going to say something that you're probably going to start hearing a lot come Supercross time. You got me really good fantasy points at Bud's, at, <laughs> uh, at yeah, Bud's Creek, and I appreciate that. Yep. So um, I know most of you guys as pros get sick of hearing the fans talk about it, but I love fantasy, and yeah, you, you got me some killer points. You're welcome. Yeah, I was playing it a little bit in Supercross, and uh, it, it went pretty good, but uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we've told it playing for outdoor. We've told right. we've told everybody who's pros don't play it when you're a pro because you, you yeah. focus on racing and just yeah. I, th- I think it messes with it. A- AC tried to play it. He said and he it just does. didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. He he says he's on the track and he's thinking about well, if I pass this guy, I'm gonna lose. I he's he's gonna lose my points yeah. in fantasy. So. Yeah, you're betting on guys you're racing. Right. It doesn't yeah. really work. <laughs> it's pretty funny though. But yeah. uh, so. Do you have any experience practicing Supercross? Like, do you have? Are do you feel like if you if Supercross started a week from now that you'd be prepared, or do you have a lot of work to do? Uh, no, I'm pretty pretty prepared. I have uh, I have a lot of Supercross experience with Monster Cup, and I've done pretty well throughout that. Um, but what I think about the biggest whoops? thing, yeah, biggest thing that I'll have to work on is whoops this off season. Okay. So uh, that's that's what we're gonna focus on when I first get on Supercross is uh, just mastering the whoops. How do you then... do that? Do you just they just say just all right, pin it? I mean, <laughs> I've seen the whoops on Supercross. I've walked those before. They're like the size of like what we call doubles. You you focus yeah. on the last one <laughs> and pin it. Third gear. Yeah. Is that? I mean, what kind of what kind of te- uh, who are you training with? Uh, I train with Tyler Rattray. So, so I have 
have the guys on the team with me that can kind of help me yeah a little bit but uh, it is hard with with pro riders they kind of have been doing it for so long that I, honestly i don't think they know how they do it i think they just go into it and that's the best description. Yeah. That's the best description I've ever heard. That's a very yeah. uh, stew or um, pastrana way to do it. Just or just pin it. Yeah. So, you know, some of them they just don't really know how to teach you. But uh, sure. I think really experience. I think um, each year I kind of come from a supercross track and then go back to outdoor. And then whenever I go back to the supercross track, it seems like I'm automatically a little bit better in the whoops. So it uh, just takes time, I think, and hitting them yourself, you know, experiencing all the ways to do it right and all the ways to do it wrong. Right. I, I would think a lot of it is confidence, obviously, too, because if you have any doubt, it's probably going to go ugly. Right. Yeah. Those are those are one things that you got to be committed for. Yeah, for sure. So that's why vets like us in the studio, just we go around the whoops. <laughs> yeah like I, I yeah i rode the daytona amateur supercross this last year and mm-hmm. they didn't tame the whoops down from the actual and i just don't i don't i couldn't understand exactly how you could go fast through those things i just it wound up getting a rut down the middle of them and i just stuck to the rut yeah right <laughs> yeah i was there too and i was actually surprised they they left those um yeah the, those were uh, pretty good whoops so hey, now that you're done with amateur your amateur career, um, mm-hmm. do you feel like it would benefit the amateurs that are coming up to have more to race more? Like we know that a lot of the kids coming up are at training facilities and they don't race other than Loretta's and Freestone and Mini O's or whatever. Do you think these these kids should be racing every weekend just to get gate drops and be used to being elbow to elbow? Yeah, I do. I, I, I've heard that uh, some of the team managers have tried to push AMA for that kind of series, mm-hmm. like a, a little bit more of a series for amateurs. So I think that's what uh, Europe does so well overseas yes. with their riders. They have the EMX and, you know, the 150. They are always racing and they're doing 30-minute motos. Like, they're already so much more prepared going to, you know, professional than us because we have these certain races that are five laps and you know they have so many classes that you're there for a week and it just kind of gets drug out and uh it's kind of it's a breath of fresh air to go to the pro scene and have it one day for sure yeah i can imagine i can and just you know the the more you race you're racing every weekend uh your skills are going to grow and really like we all know that you could practice as much as you want but there's it just does not compare to being at a race yeah, it's kind of like, uh, especially if you get hurt in amateurs and then you're not racing and uh, it takes a long time to, you know, just do a week here and then have a couple months off and then another week, you know, it it's it's tough. So sure. I think the racing every weekend would definitely benefit a lot of people. Well, Mitchell, talking to you, you seem very well-spoken. Um I don't know how many interviews and I'm about and, to say yeah you sound like a seasoned vet already yeah. on, on the interview there. Is, yeah, is that you. something that you've worked on or is it just come natural to you to you're just a friendly, you know, out out outgoing kid? Um honestly, I'm pretty uh shy of a person okay. until I kind of you know get to know a person, but I've always been pretty good on interviews and um yeah, he's going to hang up the phone uh, and be like those guys are a bunch natural. of jerkies. <laughs> 
<laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's come pretty natural, but at the same time, um, KTM's done a little bit of media testing throughout the years with the uh, Orange Brigade and their team, so I think they do a good job of kind of telling you a few things that could help you through interviews. Right. Well, that's good. That's good because you know, we've had some of the, the younger amateurs on. Like We've had Ryder Floyd on a couple of times, and I've talked to Jet Reynolds, talked to Carson Mumford, mm-hmm. um, Hunter Yoder. Those kids are very well spoken, but they're obviously they're still having so much fun doing this. They're still kids. They have that yeah. that um, wide eyed um, personality where everything they're excited about. And we see a lot. I, I say this every time I talk to one of you amateurs. We see the the pros, the guys like Dungey and Villapoto, who they're very robotic, or they don't right. seem like they're having a whole lot of fun. Um, do you feel like you could bring some personality to, to the sport, you know, and, and, or do you, is that not really who you are? You know, are you going to be able to be kind of more open you think, or, or just, I, yeah, I think I can be more open, you know, compared to them, especially, uh, you know, some of those guys on four fifties that are, have so much pressure on them and yeah. they're expected to win. And I think that's where they kind of get robotic, but, uh, I'd say I'd be somewhere in between them and uh, Plessinger. <laughs> okay, okay, I, yeah. Well, a, yeah. AP, the guys that you know the fans really love are the the APs and you know yeah. Adam C and Cirillo, obviously. Right. Um, guys I like that. I think that's kind of natural. That? Yeah. I think that's kind of natural. Um, I don't think I have that quite in me, but sure. uh, I could definitely be a little more fun than you know the robotic interviews for sure. Yeah, well, I think that's good because, I mean, a, a personality um, and, like, your social media presence and all that, that that goes right. a long way with the teams and the fans. And even if maybe you're not, say, a top one, two, three guy, a yeah. lot of teams, I think, look for that personality because it brings sponsors, it brings fans. Uh, you know, guys like Adam Cincerello, who, you know, with his vlog, and he's, just, yeah. they're you know, they're popular kids and, how about your your competition that you've been growing up racing with? Are you buddies with any of these guys? Are you do you hang out and with your your uh, anybody that you've been battling with for the last couple of years? Um, honestly, not so much. I mean, okay. anyone that's on my on my team and that we race together, we're always friendly and cool. But uh, so you're not like hanging out playing Fortnite with him, is what you're saying? <laughs> no, I I have one buddy that. Uh, We've always grown up together. We haven't really raced. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the reason I ask is like Ryder, uh, Ryder DeFrancisco mm. says he, you know, he, he'll go ride with Carson Mumford and Jet Reynolds and, and the, man, they're just kids. And, and I wish I would love to see that transfer into the pro ranks where, cause yeah. back in my days of the, the late eighties and nineties, you know, those goes, you see all the old terra firmas and stuff. The guys would get together and go ride out in the desert and just play right. ride and, Man, motorcycle racing is fun. A little more pressure yeah. nowadays. Yeah, I hate that it's such a business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about I your? Mean, un- uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I want yeah. you tell me what you got to say, man. If, if, I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think you could still have fun like that, or is it too much of a business? Uh, I, I believe AP just proved that you can definitely have some fun. That's, just, <laughs> good that's a good point. That's good a answer. really good point. Very yeah. good answer. Um, so I was going to ask you about some of your idols growing up here. Like you said, we said we're, we're older guys and I'm in my forties. Mm-hmm. Like who were your idols as you were starting out racing and growing up? Uh, my biggest one was Chad Reed. Okay. Yeah. That, that 
ever since I was little, for some reason, I I always liked him, and uh, I don't remember exactly why, but I always used to cheer for him, and uh, I would cheer for him before I could even say his name right. I would say really? Shannon Reed when I was a baby. And, uh, <laughs> if he keeps so, yeah, going the I way it is, thing. you may actually get to race him. <laughs> yeah, I was actually doing press day with him a little bit at Ironman, and that was cool. That's crazy. Yeah. How is that with like with guys like, I mean, really and truly, like your moto idol when you like go to press day or you're sitting on the, you know, waiting to go out for the press day practice or whatever with someone like Chad Reed? Yeah, that, I think that's super cool. I didn't think I would ever do that, especially with, you know, I, all these guys that retire so young. Um, yeah, sure. You'd think maybe I'd have a little better chance with someone like Dungey, but uh, to to ride with ride with chad reed was pretty incredible and uh didn't think that would ever happen yeah that's that's amazing right right there man i mean you know first two races and you get to take some laughs with your idol yeah how how sick is that yeah that, i mean that's pretty unreal you don't get to do that much at an amateur race right. so uh i think uh even with the guys that are still in the 250 class like uh i'm pretty good friends with aaron um plessinger so okay i think you know, like you kind of get starstruck a little bit that you're racing with those guys, but at the same time, you got to remember that, uh, you know, you could try to learn as much as possible from them too and not just get uh, kind of scared away. Definitely, yeah. Um, I think it was Jordan Smith last week was telling us that, like, the first time he was out and uh, at, at, a ra- at his first pro race, I think he said, um, I think it might have been, no, Zach Osborne went by him, and he was like, holy shit, that's Zach Osborne. And it took a little yeah. while to go, okay, I belong with these guys, and I'm sure it's a transition period, but still, you, you'll get there. I'm sure by round three of Supercross, you'll be like, yeah, that's no more no more uh, infatuation with the idols. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, part of the reason why I wanted to race a little more, so uh, yeah. well, it was a bummer, but uh, yeah. Well, now that, you're not, now that you're not in the amateur ranks, who do you, mm-hmm. now that you can speak without having to race these guys, who do you see coming up next? Uh, well, uh, Drake did really well at the Reddit. Oh yeah, he um, killed it. I think, yeah, I think he he proved a really good time for himself. You know, I think um, Reddit is tough though. At the same time, I I, I feel like it's a little overplayed. Yeah. Um, it, at the end of the day, it's just one race. That's um, true. There's a whole slew of different amateur races throughout the year that you kind of got to bank on too. Right. Uh, I would say uh, Drake's doing well, um, Haymaker, and then I think Pierce Brown will be really well, really good. He's really fast. He just has to. I must say, stay off the ground. <laughs> yeah, just kind of tame himself down a little bit. Yeah, sometimes, when, especially if he doesn't get a good start, I've seen it time and time again, him just a little bit. And I hate saying this about a guy, but maybe overriding a little. Yeah. But, and at the, um, it's yeah. hard when you, like you said, you got the amateur presser, you want to win, and so. Yeah, I think with him, he just wants to win really bad. And right. I think that you learn a little bit, but uh, hopefully he doesn't learn too much. You know, you could uh, kind of crash and throw away a lot of those and then want to do the – you want to slow down too much. Right, right. So, uh, got to find that happy balance. The, yeah, happy balance on that one. So before we let you go, um, how's Tyler Keefe and um... – and I also want to ask you about Shay Murphy. She's pretty pretty cool. So, uh, but yeah, tell tell us about Tyler Keith. 
what kind of interactions have you had with him so far? Yeah, I mean, I've been on the Troy Lee team for about three years now, I think, and uh, he's always been really good to me. Um, I think it's it's really cool now, since I'm on the pro team, he can kind of pay attention a little bit more, mm-hmm. and uh, we can talk a little bit more. So I think we, we have a good game plan going, and um, he believes in me. I believe in what he says and what he does. So I think we'll make a good team, and... Uh, as far as Shay goes, she's she's been on it so far. Right. I've uh, I've known her even when she wasn't working with TLD, so she's a good person. Yeah, we like her. Uh, I got to meet her at Millville, and she came on the show, and she's very sweet. And I really, really appreciate Shay getting me in touch with you so that we could get you on here and getting a chance to to meet you a little bit. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, thanks to her for sure, and thanks to you guys for having me on and being interested in it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, hopefully we have years of having you on the yep, show because yep. I see like bright stuff, especially how that well, not last weekend, but the week before that, how it started, <laughs> man. Your speed, yeah. it, it's there. Yeah. So man, yeah, well, I'm excited. You. Thank you. Yeah, I think uh, you know, even though Iron Man is I got thirteenth in our practice, which I uh that was better and Bud's Creek I, I got twentieth, so I already did my goal of bettering myself uh, and then uh yeah, like it, it sucks. I actually made the top forty, and then I got bumped back yeah. from the top ten points. So that <laughs> a bunch was of guys did. Yeah. Well, man, yeah, I, I like that you you you're taking a positive from it. That you you bettered your your time, your starting position, yeah. or whatever. And you know, as long as you keep doing that, and you're learning from everything. Man, 2019 is going to be a good year for you. Stay healthy, uh, learn those whoops, and we'll see you at some supercrosses. Yeah. I don't know which ones we're going to be at for sure. Well, TJ's going to be at a bunch of them because the son's doing yeah. the amateur series. So, but we'll we'll come find you in the pits, and we'll we'll do some uh, interviews from supercross. Awesome, that sounds good to me. All right, Mitchell, thanks right. for uh, letting us talk to you, and you have a good night. Thanks for having me. Have All a good right. one. You too, bud. Bye. I'm telling you, these kids that are coming up, as if they keep their personalities they have now from Ryder D up to these guys, mm-hmm. man, Supercross is going to blow up because I think the personalities bring people in, like like oh. Pastrana or even somebody like AP. His personality, if they yeah. can get him in front of other media outlets that's not just Moto, I think that's going to draw people in. Agreed, agreed. Um, all right, let's go to another break, and we will back with Chris Cooksey. Moto X-Pod show is back with one of our favorite recurring guests. He hasn't been on in a little while, but we have Moto X addict journalist Chris Cooksey. What's up, Cooksey? Nada. What you guys doing? Long time no talk. Yeah, man. It's been a little while. We've uh, we've been pretty busy, man, lately. And unfortunately, I guess I've just not called you like I should have because you're definitely one of our favorite guests and you have great opinions. How have you been? How's the Moto X addict good, going? Good, man. I, I see Moto X pot everywhere. You guys are blowing up, man. You're like big time. I, I, I didn't know if I was qualified to be a guest anymore. You guys are way up in the... We were <laughs> blown away. We actually we talked about at the beginning of the show. We had like 9,000 downloads last week. Yeah. Like for us... That's more ooh. than three times what we normally yeah, have had. For so. us, that's that's amazing. That's like... That we, we should be on TV is how it, we feel. It might have been at like an error with SoundCloud, but I'm not. But I'm, it looks good for the I, I don't care. I'll take that yeah. error. <laughs> I, I screenshotted it, and I'm sending that to the sponsors. <laughs> That's awesome. 
So how's the Moto X addicts thing going, man? How how are um, how are you enjoying riding and doing the stuff, and how are they liking what you're contributing? Dude, I absolutely love it. You know, as we get older, you know, our motocross dreams of racing kind of fade, and it's been a way to really kind of kind of just fill that hole. It, it's it's been good. I really enjoy it. Some of the controversial stuff, I don't even think it's controversial until I post it. Right, and you get and responses. What's that? And and they get their responses. Yeah, and I and I I swear I promise I've never written anything saying oh I'm gonna get a buzz on this like I just yeah. write what I think, and actually I I now I have people take a look at it before I post. I say does this look like anything that's gonna <laughs> piss anyone off? And I do my best not to throw anyone under the bus, but I do call what I see, and and I I don't know I think that's important especially. In a small industry like this, just to keep it from, it, it's it's got to have some authenticity. So so writing articles and that kind of stuff takes a spe- takes special skills to be able to take what you see or what you can think of and put it like in words. Do you have any kind of background with that? Were you like really good in English class? I mean, how does that work? No, it's kind of funny. When I got to college, I had a professor because you know I raced dirt bikes. I never planned on going to college. I was going to be a pro racer. So I did not pay attention in school. I sucked. And when I got to college, I had a professor pull me aside and say, hey, you need to go to the writing center. I go, what do you mean? He's all, you are literally at a sixth grade level right now. <laughs> oh, like, wow. Oh, God. So, yeah, of course, I put in a lot of work to, to become, you know, readable. Yeah. So it, it, you know, I never, I never had that skill. But, I mean, I've just I've been around the sport and I have, I don't know, you guys have talked to me. I'm very opinionated. And sure. Apparently, people like reading it, I guess. Right. So. Well, that's what we yeah. were talking about that earlier because we are trying to get our credentials for through Ustream for the motocross the nations, <laughs> and it's hard to get, and you have to have been in print with Ustream. And we were laughing about I'm the only one in the group that's been in print. I'm the most illiterate, so I didn't know if it definitely uh, his grammar is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you you have to have you have to have had something published. That that's, that's what, they, what he's telling. Well, that me. when I tried to get credentials for the. Um, for the the GP that was in Florida in Florida, that was one of the things you have the requirements. to you had to have like where you've been in published with a like reputable like I guess media outlet. Well, save that screenshot of your guys' numbers. So yeah. well, I've been <laughs> just send in, that over and say uh, send me my pass, boys. I've been in contact with Redbud about every other week for the last two months, and they don't have any information as of yet for media credentials. They tell me they're waiting on Ustream, and once they have the info, they will put a tab on their website, and they just said keep checking. So I don't even know what the credentials are, are the requirements are yet. So I'm just I check it just about every day and see if that link is up, and it hasn't been put up yet. We have our airlines booked and our rooms booked, but we have no passes. Yeah, I'm renting a house. I'm making it a deal. Well, apparently, Ronnie Mac might have your credentials. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I need to call Ronnie. <laughs> or maybe he needs some. Maybe he can cover the race for you guys. I, I don't know. Well, we're going to be there one way or another if we have to sneak under the gate. I must say, Derek Rankin gave us some – we had him on earlier. He gave us some good ideas about yes, how to get in. He did get some good some, advice. With some, fake, with some fake credentials and all that <laughs> stuff. So, Yeah, what's that old saying? Act like you're supposed to be there. And then I had a buddy in college that used to do this all the time. He would go to concerts and everything. He would cruise right through the front and – there's always a line, so the security guard can't leave to chase you, and he would just hurry and disappear in the crowd. Oh, I swear yeah. he did it almost 
I've seen yeah, lots of people do that. I've never had the balls to pull that off, but yeah, I've seen people do it. I did it with him once, and I almost went back when the security guard yelled. And I'm like, he's like, don't do it. I'm like, yeah, okay. don't turn. I'm like, dude, I, I, I'm just not cut out for this, bro. Right, me either, me either. So, hey, Chris, um, so with these articles that you write, you know, you, you write what you feel, you write what you honestly see, but you've, you've mentioned that sometimes they come across, you, you realize later they come across as a little controversial. Is there a line that you, you choose when you're writing something, say, okay, I'm not going to say this or not going to talk about this for this reason? Well, what I do is I completely blurt out everything I think, put it on paper, let my wife take a look at it, and if she looks at it, and if she says, "You are you an idiot? You can't put this out there, then it goes out. Okay. And then, then I send it over to Dan, and then Dan usually calls me and says, dude, you can't say this, and then then it hits print. So you, you've got a couple editors. <laughs> I got a couple fail-safes, yeah. even though, you know, I, I'm doing my best to, like I said, get authentic information, but yet not just kiss ass or... I'm not what you'd call a guy that really – I don't really like authority. I don't like being told what I can say and what I can't. But at the same time, I'm not an idiot. Right, um, right. You have to find that balance. It's a fine line. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you, do you – go ahead. As I say, like, you know, and I, I respect what these writers do, and I'm not going to make a joke of what they do, but I'm not going to let them slide on, on bad behavior. You know, it, it's, a, it's a fine line where don't do it and I won't talk about it. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair, and, and you know, you and, and, like, Mathis, who sometimes says things that the writers don't like, I think that's really important, you know, just because that's what true journalism is, and is you got to report what the facts. We've even had Darkseid ask writers questions here on the show, and you could tell they didn't really want to answer them, you know. So, I mean, I don't know what they expect because of the stuff that – and I don't even watch Stick and Ball Sports, but the stuff I hear about on there, they don't cut those guys any slack. Nope. Well, and, and that's it. The sports that I watch other than motocross, I watch fighting and I watch football and I look at what those journalists are asking those guys. And that's why when I first got to these press conferences and started asking questions, the guys looked at me like I was speaking Spanish or <laughs> I'm like, I'm just asking questions. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not a, you know, it, it was really weird. And I think as the sport grows, that's going to go away. And it is a small sport, but it's getting bigger. And these guys in power right now, just they think they can still manipulate the media like they did in 1990. Unfortunately, there's so many different avenues to get the information out there. It's out there. Sure. Yeah, because a couple of jankies like us can have a, a radio show. So, I mean, it's good. It's going to get out there. Oh, yeah. If I mean, Matt seems to know everything. I mean, and, and he's not scared to share it either. And you know what's funny is, you know, I've talked to Mathis off air a few times and gone riding with him. It's amazing how much he actually does hold back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He'll he say stuff like once something breaks, he goes, yeah, you know, I, I kept my mouth shut about that for a few weeks. And and I'm sure there's stuff that he never reveals either. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, he he does a pretty good job at determining what he'll talk about and what he won't. Right. And that's kind of how, when I write, I mean, I'm not going to go after somebody's wife or, or like I said, it's, I try to look at it as if I'm that person too. And if somebody said it about me, how, how would I feel? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and 
like I guess I've had people say that like I'm I'm being too buddy buddy or you know I'll, I've had I've heard people on the Pulp Show call in or actually it was on Twitter after something that got said on the Pulp Show about somebody told me like all I ever do is kiss you know be I'm too nice and I'm kissing their ass and you know and, and like for me it's that's just who I am I'm a nice guy like I don't like negativity and drama and and I haven't met any of these guys or talked to any of the, the people in the industry that have rubbed me the wrong way where I need to be like, fuck that guy. You know, that's just not me. I'm <laughs> like, well, they're, they treat me nice. So I, why should I say anything negative? Yeah. Yeah. And I, that is, and from just from what I know of you, that's exactly how I know you are just a, a really nice, genuine dude. And yeah, I've, you know what though, if people aren't talking shit, they're not paying attention. So, you know, yeah, I, I would rather somebody comment on my article and tell me I'm a moron or yell at me than not read it. Just it, it's yeah, absolutely. At least you know they're yeah. listening, yeah, or or, or reading, and, and you know, and, and everybody's entitled to their opinion at the same time. So if they don't like what you say, that's fine. But yeah, I, yeah, I, and if it, if it's all if it's all positive, they're full of shit. <laughs> trust me, right? I'm not always right, and I'm the first one to admit I'm wrong a lot, and my ideas are not all good. So if everybody agrees with me. I'm scared. <laughs> so, so as bona fide media and the season is over, give us your thoughts about the wrap up of how the season went and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, Eli Tomac, he proved once again, he's must see TV. I mean, is this guy not, I mean, Stuart was cool and he did those things, but is, if there's ever a guy that you could just count on no matter what coming up with drama, it's Eli one way or the other, whether he's dropping the hammer and dropping five seconds a lap, 25 minutes into the moto or DNFing or falling down. Like you just, you can just guarantee there's no such thing. His, his crew and, and family members must all have ulcers just from, <laughs> right, from right. yeah, but I'll tell you what I, I'm just, I'm on board and I am just loving the Eli Tomac era. We're going to look back on it and go like, wow, it was just, we didn't know what we were going to get. You just, and he does these weird things that are different than other people. When he makes these mistakes, like he, Stuart made those mistakes, but he was just pushing every time. Sometimes Eli just looks quirky, and I don't well, know that he even understands it. I've said yeah. that a couple of times is where Stuart was just, and even Carmichael was just balls out all the time. Didn't matter, caution to the wind. Tomac, to me, never seems to ride that way. It's just he rides his style and then just does it faster. Yeah, it, you know what's funny too is he's so unaware, and I, I I do wonder when these guys have yes men around them, mm-hmm. and I, I just assumed Eli didn't have that with his dad who was just a legend. But when I when I, when I saw him at Minnesota, I said when you know and he's been getting out, he would get up from his crashes so slow. I was like Eli is you know I I genuinely wanted to know like hey is this like a strategy you're trying to keep your heart rate down? And he just looked at me and said I don't know. And I was just, I, I was taken back. I'm like, wait, you, like genuinely? you don't know? <laughs> he genuinely didn't know. And I'm like, okay, I'm thinking to myself, what, maybe he didn't hear me. So when you crash, like when you get up, are, like, are you trying? Is it a strategy? You pra- I don't know, man. And I, I, the second time, I'm now I'm just flustered. <laughs> I yeah. And I just blurted it out again. I'm like, oh, my God, why did I just do that? He looks over at the PR late. I'm like, um, good race. And just wrapped up the interview. But it was funny, and I and I think back to it, and I think he, he just he's just unaware of those things, and it, it's just weird to see a guy like that 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 does those things. And I don't, you know, it's funny too is somebody else asked him about it the next week, 
But other than when Marv took him out, I don't know if you've noticed, he started getting up quick. It's weird. Right. I, I actually talked to him about the, the those things at Muddy Creek. I got about a 15, 20-minute interview with him at the end of the day. And I asked him, I said, you know, I know, you know, you hear from us as in the media, and it seems like sometimes it takes you a long time to get up. Um, and, and he's, you know, his, his response is basically, he says, yeah, he said, you know, but it doesn't feel like that when I'm out there. It doesn't feel like it's taking that long. And he, he referenced one of the races, said, you know, one of the, those crashes is on the backside of a jump. He said, I'm not going to just jump back out there and get landed on. He said, I'm not willing to do that. And I was like, okay, well, that's that's fair. That's honest. You know, like to you, it didn't seem like it was taking that long or you're you're being safe. <clears throat> At least that's an answer, you know? So I, I, yeah. I thought it was, it does seem like it takes him a very long time. He's not in a hurry, but I, he seems to be more methodical. But I think lately he has been a little bit more like at Washougal. Yeah. He didn't, I mean, he hopped right up. Yep. At Salt Lake, he hopped right up. I mean, it's funny. I, I think between everybody asking him, I honestly, I genuinely don't think he knew that he was getting up slow. Right. No, you, you may be right. He's just in a, he's in a zone, and it's probably not something he even thinks about. Yeah, but I, I just assumed it was something that they'd worked on or, you know. It's funny how – we think of these guys as everything being methodical and thought out, and you know they're just people too. Although he, I mean he's a alien type person, what he can do, but you know, but yeah, the season as a whole, it was crazy seeing Jason Anderson end up Supercross champion. Agreed. I never would have picked that, you know. And it's going to be interesting, man. How about next year with those four dudes at the Baker Factory, with Anderson, Muskin. Osborne and uh, Webb. What was the deal Ooh. with Webb this like with Webb and Anderson? I mean, I mean Webb, Webb and Muskin. Like uh, that. Who knows? That that's really weird. So you got to go train with the guy. Yes. And he's in a championship battle, and you're just trying to kill him. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm all for racing, and, and and I don't think anything there was too far. But if I got to go back and train with that guy, maybe I just pull up that race. Right. You know? Right. Right. I'll save it for when we're going for the lead. And I could see Webb, and we haven't got a, a lot of time speaking with him or whatever, but I could see him being, like, trying to, for lack of a better term, mark his territory to to, to show, hey, I'm yeah, I'm training with you, but my goal is to try to win. Oh, yeah, he, he went full alpha male on him. He's yeah. just like, I'm coming into your house, and I'm going to own it. And, yeah. you know, and one thing about Marvin is, as nice a guy as he is, he will stand up for himself. Really? See, I haven't seen that a whole lot. How about uh, what he did to Tomac? Well, my <laughs> yeah, I, my opinion on that is not quite as drastic as everybody else's. I feel I I really felt like it was aggressive, but I don't feel like it was just a blatant "I'm going to take you out and destroy you" move. No, I I felt like it was a I want to win this race and I'm yes. putting my bike right here and into it. Yeah, but that's rare from him. It seems like like I feel I really I like Marvin a lot. I really do. He's always been nice to us. But it seems like sometimes I f- almost feel like he gets intimidated in certain situations. See, I I I mean, I don't know. He seems to fought back and like him and Eli at Southwick just crossing yeah, lines on each other. That's and true. He came right back on Webb, and maybe there was there's. Definitely been points, but I, I think for the most part, I mean, he's hard he's to figure been standing out. up for himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a situational, I guess, and who knows what's going through his mind or you know what what else is going on. So it could be a lot of different things. But I, I 
he, Marvin just there's those moments where I just like, man, what like you know he had that where uh, was it Redwood I guess where Eli lost all the points and like yeah. he, he had a chance to all right you're you're back in it and then he just didn't really do anything. Well, what do you mean he didn't do anything of that? Well, like at that point, I'm like, okay, now Marvin's got to start winning. Let's go win some races. But he's getting thirds, and and I'm like, what the hell? Dude, I think you're underestimating how fast Eli is. You're probably right. And Rock. I mean, you're talking about two all-timers right there, and he's really right, put himself in that same category as far as their speed level. You know, and Roxon, he didn't do it all the time, but he definitely showed those flashes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and Eli, honestly, I, I don't even know that. There, I mean, even when Dungey was in the uh, the announcer's booth, I think it was at Minnesota. Yeah. And he was just like, uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know how he does I don't know how he's doing that. Yeah. 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 That's so, true. I mean, I, I guess I, I do sort of maybe under appreciate what Eli's doing at times. And I, and I did feel like Marvin really hung it out, and, I mean, he gave it everything, and he just wasn't as good as Eli Outdoors this right. year. Yeah. Where, yeah. So, um, you, it, it's pretty oh, pretty great year, though. You know I mean? Like, there's a lot of negatives, obviously, with, um, like, J-Mart getting hurt, but it really gave a lot of other guys in the 250 class a chance to try to shine, you know, and, hell, Aaron Plessinger wins another championship. Yeah, is there a nicer guy in the pits than Aaron Plessinger? Like, probably not. No, talk- I mean, he's up there with like AC level, dude. And he's genuine, and he's smiling, and he tells you stuff. Like, I really, really hope that he doesn't change. I mean, I, I mean, obviously he's gonna get older, but I hope he keeps the fun. Yeah, you know, and I hope it hope being on a four fifty doesn't burn him out. You know, I. I like that he's with Barsha while Barsha's late in his career because I think mm. early it might have might have showed him a little different. But yeah, what do you guys think? I think Plessinger could podium right out of the bat, like right off the bat. What do you guys think? I, I think it might take a few rounds, but I would say within the first four rounds, yes. Well, we were talking about it earlier, and there's four guys, major guys, moving up into the 450 class, and um, I mean, obviously, I think AP will do good. But I think Osborne is going to be, I mean, he's got a great program. He's with a great group of guys, um, super competitive, a little more mature, you know what I mean, than the other guys. And I think he's just going to have, I, I, I would not be surprised if he lands on the podium more times than any of the other guys do, for sure. Yeah, and you know, the thing about Osborne, too, is down there riding with the guys he's riding with, Heading into the season, that's got to give him confidence because he's going to know right where he stands. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. my the 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 question mark that I heard a couple people talking about, and I don't know, and it's just weird because the way Zach rides a 250 is violent. I mean, I don't <laughs> yeah. have any other way to describe it, but I mean, it's violent, and I don't think you can ride a 450 that way. And he sits a little bit further back. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know how that's going to translate. I you know. I've just seen really small, uh, you know, sample sizes of him on the 450. But, yeah, that's going to be interesting. The one I think that everyone's sleeping on is Joey Savacci. His style is really good. And I I just, that Kawasaki's good. I must say the new bike is supposed to be really good, too. Yeah, I think think he's going to be better than people expect. Justin Hill, 
man, who knows? He's yeah, that's good. He, yeah, he could win or he could just be 12th. I honestly have no clue what's going on with him. How is that Heard possible? Some crazy stuff. How, I mean, how I is that possible stuff. for him to be so fast and then just basically crap the bed the next weekend? Honestly, I, I, I don't know, but I have... I have heard some some stories about his his dedication or lack thereof. Yeah. But when he focused, I mean, there's no questioning his talent. His talent is there. And I think his I mean, brother was about the same way too. Yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of what what I'm kind of hearing, you know. And it was kind of the way he forced the team to make him ride the 450. It was that really rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah. You know. Oh, he, he kind of put a lot of pressure on himself. He has to do really good in this Supercross right, season. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I put AP, of the four big rookies coming in, I think AP is going to do the best. And I, I went AP, Zacho, Savachi, Hill, as far as how I think they'll do overall in the, in, in the, you know, in the, end, of the end of the series. I think AP is going to transition the best into the 450 class. That's just my opinion. Okay, now now I got a question for you guys. Yep. So with those four guys coming in and Webb not I mean, essentially we're all predicting those guys to be in the, you know, five to ten range, right? Yeah. I mean, where does that put Webb? Because that's where he is right now. Can he get up there with the big guys or is he gonna be stuck battling with these guys? Like where is he gonna be behind them? Well, and I think that was one of my questions that I sent to Blair, you know, that on the show the other day is Will he excel on the KTM or where I think I said, will he implode, which I don't think he'll implode, but I don't really expect him to do much better. To be honest, I think he's going to be one of those guys that's, you know, fighting between eighth and 10th. Most of the time. Do you guys know if he got a two year deal or a one year deal? I do not know. Yeah. I think I if think... it's a one year deal, he might be in trouble. Yeah, I, I didn't. I don't know the, the definitely don't know the details on that. I would be surprised because I was under the impression that Yamaha was wanting to keep him. I would I would be surprised if he left a team he knows for a one year deal. That would seems insane. Yeah, and the, the way I heard that go down was um, Monster really really wanted to keep Cooper for yeah. whatever reason. He had a good relationship with Monster when he left. You know then. They forced Plessinger up, right. and Monster kind of made that whole thing happen. Although I, I did hear, did, didn't I don't know if you caught this. I, it's funny. Sorry, I keep bringing, referencing the uh, the Blair podcast because I would listen to that today. No, that, yeah, we we love uh, to Kind of snuck out how he uh, it was at uh, Albertson talking about the Yamaha spot because you know with Plessinger coming up, all of a sudden there's a 250 available. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like Jacob Hayes might be the guy. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, I think that deal's happening from the way I'm. It sounds like it's coming. It's crazy that sure it's taken like so it. so hard to get Hayes a ride. It just doesn't. It just blows my mind. It's this broken system. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's funny because I, I wrote about this a few weeks ago, and that one of my more controversial articles, and I didn't think it was controversial. I was just talking about these teams sign these kids before puberty or right after puberty, and I, I made a comparison to baseball, and now in baseball. Thousands of people have played the Little League World Series. It started in like 1949 or something. And every year, I mean, there's there's like, and there, out of all those kids, thousands and thousands, like 49 made it to the pros. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So what that tells me is talents develop a little bit later in life. Yeah. But yet in our sport, if somebody finds a kid that young, 
they always at least make it to a factory team. Whether they succeed there or not, we don't know. But that just tells me we're missing we're missing a lot of talent and we're forcing it. Yeah, we're overlooking some stuff for sure. And we talked about it last time I was in studio. I mean, you have guys like um, Amart, Phil, um, um, Pike. Uh, I just keep going on about guys who were, I mean, even Osborne coming on later in life I, you know, as they got older and having sure. better and yeah. better careers. So, yeah. but you'll potentially never you got, go ahead. Potentially Jacob Hayes in that same, that same situation. Yeah, that's true. And so you'll never, but you'll never change. The teams won't ever change because they don't want to miss the, the big, next big thing. Yeah. They don't want to miss the Ryan Villapoto or they don't want to miss the, the, the up and comer kid. You know what I mean? That's why, I mean, that's why they got so much invested in Ryder D and Jet Reynolds and um, all those kids right there. I get, I get it, but I still think it's stupid because I mean, all that money invested in Stewart Carmichael, and guess what? Honda didn't have to do that. They just got him from Cali. Um, right. You know, Stewart didn't stay with Cali forever. I, I'm gonna sit back. If I'm a team guy, I sit back and I look. All these other dudes pay them all that money. I wait. I see if they're any good, and I just give them more than them because I just saved five years worth of money. You gotta love that. Hey, that's a that's a pretty good game plan right there, Cooksey. Let's uh let's get a factory team going. Yeah, yeah. We'll just and we don't have to develop talent. They're all doing it for us. We'll just wait and watch and see which ones pan out and steal them. I if, like you know it. What, like you you brought up uh, Martin. Now Martin has to go. He's going to JGR, and I I know the TLD guys wanted to keep him. He's number two in the outdoor like championship, but they don't have room because Falk's coming up. Yeah, we just talked about not. And I I really feel bad because I, I I hope he does good. I genuinely do. He's in a in a tough situation where everyone's going to compare him, and all next year, no matter how his results are, they say, "Oh yeah, look at Falk. Or look, you could have had Martin." And it's it's just not fair to him. Right. It really isn't. Well, I think it was time. I, I just, I'm guessing that he just, Alex, he he got a big pay raise, and you know he's, it was time to take that the money. I guess you know. I mean, you know, he, maybe he won't do as poorly as a lot of us think he will on the Suzuki, but I, I guess he did. I feel like he made a financial decision. Well, I think if there was a spot at KTM, I think they could have got him pretty early. Um, I yeah. think he he was looking when he found that JGR ride. You know, I, but I, yeah, I, like you say, late in his career, take the money. Sure. Absolutely. But now, <clears throat> I'm, I'm concerned about that bike. You know? Yeah. Is, is it is it going to be decent enough? Like, well, what do you guys think? It's a, it's kind of a running joke and a big group message that we have because with my son racing, it's always like, if you don't do good, we're putting you on Suzuki's. You know, I mean, and, and, I, and the funny thing is I'm a Suzuki guy. I love Suzuki's. I got Suzuki vehicles. I like Suzuki. I love their bikes. I just, yeah, I don't know what they're doing over there. So, um, yeah. Anyways. Dude, I, lo- I love Suzuki's. I, I wrote them too. <clears throat> they always turn good. And I guess maybe they feel like they handle so good because they're so slow. I don't know. But yeah. I, I just love, I love the yellow. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And, I, and it's nice to have healthy manufacturers. And damn it, they need they need some success really bad. Well, hopefully we'll have some before Supercross starts. We'll have to get you on and do like a like a, a wrap up of the silly season. Oh geez, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I think it's pretty much wrapped up, isn't it? Silly season. I mean, so how people are doing on their bikes and all that? Because we'll have some interviews. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, all the rumors and yeah, yeah. The yeah. 
practice track myths. Yes. And, yeah. Who, who's who's <laughs> going so fast today? Oh, you guys want to hear something funny? My old man, he's a boilermaker, and headquarters is right by Milestone. So he works out there, and he goes out at lunch and scouts the tracks and calls me and tells me who, th- who he thinks is going to win. That's epic. <laughs> you got the inside knowledge there. Yeah, he's not real accurate. It's whoever's nice to him in the pits when he goes and talks to so him. So basically, but... next time we need to, we need to call him to find out what's going on. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But according according to him, Justin Cooper was going to be national champion, and Dylan Ferrandez is going to. He just didn't like Ferrandez. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, both those guys are pretty damn fast. I like. Yeah, they're going to win. Yeah, that they're made... going to win some races this next year. Well, I'm sure that made it a little bit easier to let Plessinger go, knowing you got those two guys. Right. Right. Yeah, I think I think Yamaha is pretty pretty uh, set for the next couple of years. And I'm I'm really excited about Ferrandis. I hope he stays in America for a while. And you know how everybody booed Marvin this year, yep. and and he just okay. I mean, he's just such. I mean, he's such a class act. I want them to do that to Dylan Ferrandis because he's going to go evil Frenchman, and our sport needs a bad guy. <laughs> that's that's so he true. He could so play very, that role. Very DV ish at times. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I do too. He, and he's great to talk to. So yeah, I think he's going to stick around a little while. Well, Chris, yeah. but I, 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 I like guys that show, show their character. Definitely. Hey man, we, we really appreciate you coming on. I'm sorry it took so long to get you back on, but, and, um, we'll make sure we keep you in the loop more often as we get ready for Supercross. We got a whole bunch of ladies to speak to. So we got to get off the phone with you. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Is Darian coming on? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Darian Hickey. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We're about to call. Uh, they're all at um, Taylor Hyman's house. T- Taylor, Sierra, Darian, and Jody are all there, and we're about to talk to them about the Vegas Torino. Dude, those chicks are for real. I've ridden with them at the track, and yeah, they're they're real riders. I don't know how, but we have so many badass girl riders in this area. So awesome. Yeah, talk yeah. to them, man. I'm, I'll, I'll listen in later on. That's awesome. Okay, hey, Cooksey, thank you for coming on, and we will definitely get you back on again. It won't be so long this next time. Promise. You got it, guys. Take it easy. All right, Chris. Later. See you, man. Later. See ya. Chris Cooksey. Check him out at uh, MotoXAddicts.com. Um, follow him on Facebook, Chris Cooksey. Uh, he, he always posts links to his articles, and they're really good. Are we going just straight in? Yep. We'll yep. get right to it. Let's take do a it. quick break and get right to it. Oh, okay. Next group of guests, We this is one of the first time we've had a group of guests in. Uh, we have some very badass ladies on. They're going to be brought to you by MX Girl Designs. Charlene at MX Girl Designs can do any set of graphics for you need. So if your bike's looking janky right now, hit up Char at MXGirl.com. She'll hook you up with some new graphics. So these ladies, we've talked about them. We've had Taylor Hyman on a few times. Uh, we have some ladies on that just won the Vegas Torino. Sierra Aguilera, Jody Hyman, Darian Hickey, Amber West is not uh, not in not on the line at the time, and we also have Taylor Hyman, Team Aggie. What's up, ladies? Hey, how are you? Hi, hello. We're doing good. So um, let's just start. Uh, let's start with Sierra. Sierra Aguilera, you in the house? Hi. How are you doing, Sierra? Hello, how are you? I'm doing good. So it's really great talking to you the first time. So tell me a little bit about your your day on Friday. Just how did it start? How did you feel? Did you have any issues while out on the track or on the course? Um, it was a really good day. Um, 
Jody Hyman actually started from the start, and then she took it to pit one, and then I got on from there. Um, we had no issues throughout the whole day, which was really nice. Um, I was a bit nervous um, in the beginning, but it ended up being a very smooth day. Very fun. I had a blast with these ladies, so... So tell me, no what, issue. Okay, what were you nervous about? I mean, you you were you involved in the team last year? Um, no, this was my oh. first best of the desert series okay. um, that I raced. Um, I guess I was just nervous on the bike. I wanted to make sure we got to the finish, so sure. didn't want to have any mechanical issues or anything like that to set us back. And I was also finishing the race doing that last 46 miles. So um, my main goal was to finish before dark. Right. And we were we were able to do that. So it was nice. I mean, we did get passed by a couple trophy trucks, which was pretty scary. Yeah, I saw some of those videos. But, um, yeah. Um, but it was towards the end of the day, which was nice. And we didn't get passed by too many. So... It was a great day. Awesome. So, no so that being said, you ended the race. So, uh, at, and you're trying to beat the sun to get over there. Did you start? Did you ever start hearing weird motor noises that you kept? Going, what was that? Were you like <laughs> overanalyzing stuff? Oh yeah, the whole way for <laughs> sure. And the terrain was really rough on the way to the finish. It was super rocky, um, and so when I heard that trophy trucks were starting to pass us. And I was going through this tight terrain. I was, like, thinking in my head, like, how am I supposed to get out of the way? Like, there's only enough room for a trophy truck to sit through here. So I would constantly look behind me and just hope for the best. (laughs) (laughs) Now, why do they start the trophy trucks after the motorcycles? I mean, doesn't it seem like – I mean, I don't don't do any desert racing. It's been years since I've rode in the desert. It seems, like, safer to let the trucks and buggies go first. Yeah, I'm not sure why they do it, um, but I'm yeah, I think like they would probably mess up the course pretty bad okay, before okay. the bike even were to get to it. So maybe that has something to do with it as well. Well, that makes. I mean, I guess that makes a little bit of sense. Um, so if I'm not mistaken, at some point during the day, I was kind of following uh, Taylor's Instagram. There was a post of <laughs> I don't know what you call it. It, it had like top speed and some times on it and i think it was yours and it said that you were in the 90 mile per hour range is that right yeah that's what um our tracker was saying i'm not sure if that was completely correct but we okay. were definitely going fast the that's <laughs> pretty damn fast through the desert do you yeah so uh i i, I get made fun of because i say this all the time i i used to <laughs> live in barstow area and i did i rode in the desert a little bit a lot of times you don't know necessarily what's coming up. Like there could be a, a ravine or a ditch. How do you, I mean, do you just pin it and hope for the best or are you pretty confident in the layout and the course markers? Um, I definitely depend on some of the course markers because it'll they'll tell you if there's like a danger or anything like that, if there's a turn coming up or so do y'all downhill, get to, uphill, et cetera. Okay. Do you get to pre-run so your section? No, we don't. There's no pre-running at all. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll stick to motocross. We just have to, yeah, we just kind of have to take what we know. Yeah. And make sure we keep our head on on the 
uh, course markings, and that's basically okay. it. Well, and TJ just mentioned, like, we, we both ride amateur motocross. Do you do any moto, or are you pretty primarily desert? Um, I'm mainly desert. I have done some motocross, um, not, like, any races, right. really. I've, I've done, like, Grand Prix, um, like, some of the events that works put on or Moran. Um, but cool. I've never really been that huge into motocross. I'm mainly like a desert person. That, there's so. nothing wrong with that. That's, uh, well, yeah. I, I want to tell you congratulations before we, uh, get to Jody. Uh, is there anybody you'd like to thank? Thanks. Um, I would like to thank premier glass and mirror team Aggie moto C nitro moose budget blind um anj flooring and mom and dad my teammates (laughs) yeah yeah mom and dad of course well sierra congratulations you guys are you ladies are very impressive um that's that's a pretty gnarly accomplishment and i am proud to have you on here tonight thank you thank you so much you're welcome well let's talk to jody Hello. Hello. So apparently you started the uh, the race. How many miles yes. did you do? Are, is it all the same, or do you each do a, the, basically the same amount, or is it different? No. Um, each leg of the race is different. Okay. So there's four, 14 legs, and some legs are, like, shorter, some are longer. So the first leg that I did when I started the race, it was around 27 miles, I believe. Um. I actually didn't know right. it was like so chaotic in the morning. So I was just like, I'm just going to go to the start line and relax for a little bit before, you know, get out of all the chaos from getting ready. And, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, the first leg of the race, the sun was in my eyes and the dust was really gnarly. So it kind of sucked for the first few miles. Yeah. But then it opened. Go ahead. Um, and I also started, um, I started third from last, and I believe there was 80, 85 entries. Oh, wow. Now I started 82nd. <laughs> so you guys – I keep saying guys. I need to say ladies. You ladies ended up winning. So do you – do they score each leg? Like you started 82nd. Do you know where you finished the first leg? Um, honestly, I do not know. I had passed – four or five people the first leg Mm -hmm. but we finished um 40 42nd out of 85 entries but you won your class correct yeah but we won our class that's awesome there was tons of different classes in there sure and uh we won against our class yeah Yeah. (laughs) so so they talked about it earlier about they don't get don't let y'all pre-run the course but like when you do your leg, do you know, like, I mean, I'm sure some legs are faster than others. Some are more wide open. Some, like yes. she was saying, are more rocky. Do you know ahead of time, hey, I'm running a rocky section or I'm running a fast section? So the only thing that we know is the dangers that are in our section. So my first leg of the race, I knew that there was going to be, like, some cattle crossing. Uh, and, you know, there was, like, they had, like, silt sections, you know, so – I kind of knew around each marker, but it takes a lot to memorize, like, each and every danger. So you kind of just have to be aware. It's only only 23 miles. You can't memorize that ahead of time? Gosh. 
I know. Well, for each leg. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, so, I'm making a joke. Yeah. <laughs> see, and honestly, that kind of brings me to another question. I thought there's four of you racing. I thought you ran, like, you ran the first set quarter, and then somebody went second, and that was it. I didn't know that you went. So, like, you probably won, ran the first section and the fifth, I guess. Yeah, so myself and Sierra, we both uh, went four different times. And then Darian and Amber went three. It just happened to be with the rotation. Right. So there was three full rotations and then a half one. Um, so we each got like a break in between and got to relax a little bit. Well, tell me how, how on a scale of one to ten, how fun was it? It was like a hundred. It was wow. so much fun. So was there... A, there- I- Go ahead. I had, like, the best experience of my entire life out oh, there. Oh, that's fantastic. I love hearing that. Yeah. So before we move on to Darian, tell me uh, how cool was it to see your sister on Makeup to Mud? Yeah, I was very proud of her. Um, it was really cool to watch the video people come and ask her questions and her get to express her passion for motocross and desert racing. She did a fantastic job. I was so proud of her. And then to see the commercial at one of our races, yeah. to just the bar around the corner, you know, and to see her on the TV, we were like all this, all like ecstatic. It was pretty awesome. And my dad, of course, was through the roof and excited. <laughs> I bet. I bet. He's a big part of your program. I think he, he was at a lot of the checkpoints, right? Helping out. Oh, he, yeah. he was at every single one of them. Nice. That, that, he wasn't that... at one of them. He was calling us. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's really cool that you guys get to sh- you lay. I'm gonna get to stop saying you guys one of these days. You ladies get to share that with your dad and your family. It's. Do you have anybody else you'd like to thank that uh, Sierra didn't thank? Um, I like to thank KU Trucking, my dad and mom for coming along with us. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone that contributed to our racing, whether it was gas money or, um you know, just putting in the effort. Our whole pit crew was absolutely amazing. And we had like, I don't know if you saw the pictures, but we had like 20 of us or 20 or 30 of us. That oh yeah. Were there. And, uh, you know, everyone had advice to give. It was so helpful. <laughs> everyone had a job. So I'd really like to thank our, the pit crew and, uh, Sierra's dad and mother. They did an amazing job and as well as my parents. Cool. And now you do photography. Do you do that professionally? Semi-professionally, yes. Well, <laughs> I'm a, I'm actually focusing on um, my degree at UNLV. I'm a mechanical engineering major. Oh, cool. So the photography just helps me get some money, you know, here and there. Well, since you're it. in the Vegas area, do you want to uh, give out your information in case anybody wants to follow you and maybe get in touch with you about doing a job? Yeah, of course. Um, you could follow me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. It's at Jody Lee Photography. And it's Jody with an I. <laughs> well, cool, Jody. It was really great talking to you, and congratulations. Thank you very much. All right, let's talk to Darian. Hey, what's up? What's up, Darian? So we were just on the phone with Chris Chris Cooksey, and he, he said that you're a pretty badass. Do you know Cooksey very well? <laughs> I do. He's super cool. He's a super nice guy. He is. So tell us what this experience was like for you and what it means to you. Um. I was actually really blessed to be able to do this. Um, this was actually my first ever desert desert race. Oh wow! Um, first ever, yeah, best in the desert that I've ever done. 
Um, and I'm really thankful that Taylor reached out to me and the girls wanted me to be a part of the team. So it means a lot to me. And then just how everything went overall, it was just really, it was fantastic. So I got a question. So you're out there in the middle of the desert running 500 miles an hour <laughs> and there's had to have been a scary moment or two. Um, actually, yeah, there was, um, cause it was actually the first time I've ever rode a two stroke as well. Oh, wow. Um, so that was super fun. Um, actually, my first leg that I went on, it was kind of, there was like some windy corners and stuff. And I was trying to read the signs pretty well because I just wanted to make sure that what was coming up and be aware of it. And there was one time where I was just going too fast and I totally missed the corner. Um, <laughs> I went straight past it. So I had to like slam on the brakes and click all the way down in gears and had to like jump over and kind of follow the course marking back on yeah and there was actually a couple times that i did that there was one time and it was mainly in the corners that that happened um there i was in a sand wash and i missed the corner again but i almost like went over the bars oh my gosh um, at so what speed that was, like how fast were you going uh, i know you don't know exactly but roughly i would say like 60 miles an hour oh my gosh yeah so I, I went through kind of like a winding corner and I, it was like a sharper corner than I thought. And yeah. I had, I almost went over. <laughs> yeah. Y- y'all are tougher than me. Cause I'd have packed it in. I said, no, this is enough. Well, I can't even imagine yeah. riding that far because we go out and do like a, about a two and a half minute moto and yeah. I'm tired. So <laughs> yeah. 30 miles, yeah. 40 miles, and then take a break and go again. I, I I'm too old for that. I've actually been trained pretty well with my endurance, doing works and big six. Yeah. Growing up doing auto and stuff, I've always been pretty good on my endurance. So I didn't really get tired out there, and the heat wasn't bad. I don't know. It was it was just really – everything was really positive. That's awesome. Those those work series and big six series sound like so much fun. We, we've had Gary Sutherland on a couple times, and I, I wish – it was a quick drive from East Texas out there where we could just like ride out there for a weekend and do one of those. Cause yeah. I think it'd be a blast. We don't have that here. All we no. here, you either ride moto or you ride moto. You could ride cross country in the <laughs> woods, but it, there's not a lot of it out yeah, here. Yeah, there's not. It's just basically yeah. so, but we do have like, like six tracks around the house. So that is kind of nice. Yeah. yeah, that's fun. I've always wanted to, on my bucket list to do a GNCC race. I think that would be a blast. I think you're right. That's something we've talked about. We had uh, Ryan Sipes on recently. We talked about that. I, I think that would be definitely a lot of fun. And honestly, being older like we are, the jumps and stuff on motocross gets you hurt. I, I know trees can get you hurt too, but I think riding in the woods, I'd probably be a lot safer. I, I've done one cross-country race, and I came back after, and I made my wife – I basically told her – do not ever let me do that again. I almost died. Don't ever let me do that again. Well, maybe I'm so wrong, man. I want to stick to the moto. It's funny, too, because my dad, he used to race back in the day, and I took him out not too long ago. We went out out to Gene on the other side, and we rode some straight desert stuff. And the day after, he's like, I'm never riding again because I am so sore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a question. So, like I, I was telling, I think it was Jody I was telling, I didn't realize – that it was multi, like you each rode multiple segments. I just assumed you each rode a quarter of the course. How do you get from checkpoint A from the first pit stop or whatever to checkpoint five? Like if you're, if Jody started first and then she goes uh-huh. to five, how do you get there? There has to be an access, obviously. There must be a highway that runs along the course or how's that work? Um, so basically, she would, 
So it was her and Sierra that started off the first two, and then I got on mm-hmm. next. So basically, because I asked them the same question, me not knowing I've never done one of these races before. So, because I was wondering, like, hey, would I ride past where I'm supposed to get off? And they're like, no, it was actually marked really great, the whole course was. So they'll let you know, and some of the times there's a lot, there's, like, huge stop signs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, you would stop there and they'd let you know but for the trucks and stuff um we had like printed maps out so you do ride on the highway for like the pit chasers and stuff like that um and you just have to follow the map to where it goes and there'd be like big signs where you'd turn off and say like pit four pit six and they'd they'd kind of let you know and then plus like out from the field you can see all the cars and stuff parked there so then yeah. you would know that that's where you're supposed to be getting off but how do you get from pit one to pit five before the bikes do like how does the the oh. so we'd have we had multiple uh pit chasers with us because if we were to just have one um we would have ran out of time sure. so we had we had multiple people with us that were assigned to different pits okay so there was some at every pit at least before we got there so we we were prepared we made sure that someone was there that's that's cool that's it takes a lot of people obviously to make this happen and Sounds like you had a great team. Um, I asked Jody about her sister doing the makeup to mud thing. What do you mm-hmm. What do you think about just the makeup to mud segment segment in general? That that the sport we're trying to promote women. I mean, what does that mean to you? Uh, you know, how important do you think that is? Um, I think it's pretty important because I mean, growing up, there hasn't always been a lot of girls that have raced. Right. And I know I know for me, growing up racing moto, I'd line up with just it was just me and two other girls and it was it was never fun because you'd always know where you're going to place so i think to have that awareness to involve other women in the sport is is really good and it shows that other women can do the same things that guys can do and just it makes people feel good overall um and like with the whole segment it it always made me excited during supercross season when i got to watch all the girls' stories and stuff like that um, cause every one of them is different. Yeah. So that's that, what, I thought that was cool. cool. Yeah. That's what makes it cool. And then also, um, they sent out <clears throat> like jerseys to, um, other girls that didn't get aired mm-hmm. and the girls that got a Jersey. So I think it's really cool to kind of like make every girl feel special that applied for it, that wanted to, um, be involved in it. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. I agree. I agree. I, I really, I know there's, some segment of the Supercross fan community that's like, oh, that's stupid. I don't want to see that. But I, yeah. I'm definitely not one of those. I think it's rad. I mean, we I go out to the track. What's that? Those are the guys that are getting beat by girls. Well, you're, saying, well, you're, you're probably right. Hey, wait. I get beat by girls. And I I'm was okay. just about to say. Hey, we're this, okay with it. I had a chick. I had some chicks but, smoke but, me in practice the other day. and But I still love seeing the, the ladies out there. I think. It's it's something that you guys don't get enough credit and enough exposure. The the women I hate that the women's motocross series isn't run with the guys anymore. Um, I know it's done for TV time, but I I was really fortunate to to go to some races and see Jessica Patterson and Ashley Filek battle, and those ladies are amazing. It's it's not about you know trying to be as fast as the guys or compete against the guys because biologically it's physically impossible. It's about giving women the recognition they deserve because girls used to, you know, 
race the pro women's MX series and they would have nine races to go to yep. with no, with no television, no media attention. And now they only have three yeah. with even less media attention. And it's at the end of the day when everybody's already gone home. So it's just, it's more about just giving, you know, we're out there doing it too. We're not trying to race against the guys. We're just trying to, um, you know, we're doing it. We want media attention for it as well as the guys. Preach on, sister. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you, you ladies deserve it because I'll tell you right now, I, I could not have done what you did a couple Fridays ago. No way. Wouldn't have made it. I probably wouldn't have made it to the first pit. I probably would have just had to pull out my cell phone and say, somebody's going to come find me. I'm done. So. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> so, uh, Daria, do you have anybody you'd like to thank? Um, I do. I want to make a huge shout out to uh, Taylor and her family and then the Aggies and their family for giving me this opportunity to race. Um, and also I want to thank Budget Blinds of Las Vegas, uh, Perry Concepts, Slow Vision, um, FXR, um, and our mechanic, Tony Berluti. Yes, we love and, Berluti. And, and Nitro Moose because okay. that was that was ideal right there. <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah, we love Berluti. Berluti just helped me with something a couple of weeks ago. Actually, I had I called him about a problem I was having, and he he hooked me up. So he knew the answer within a couple seconds. Yeah, I actually just got my bike back from him. He's been working on my stuff for about seven years now, so he's been good to me. He's the man. <laughs> so Amber West was not uh, not able to join us tonight. Um, you guys. You know, want to say anything about her and how she did? Yeah, Amber was incredible. She um, she got on the bike and she never looked back, and she um, she really helped us make sure that we finished before it got dark. And <laughs> she was great addition to the team. So just happy to have her on. And how how close bummer. how close to dark was it? No, we finished at like six thirty. So oh wow! Okay, y'all killed it there. It's the way y'all sounded. It sounded because I didn't know exactly how long the whole deal took. How long did the whole race take? Uh, twelve and a half hours. Jeez. <laughs> so, but that is I compl- that is I... like go ahead. Really good to have no issues all day. Ride consistently. They all rode their hearts out. Same bike. And then tonight, same bike, same bike the whole time. That two fifty two stroke. So. Wow, that's amazing. I complain about like a like a twenty minute moto would yeah. would kill me. They are like racing like they're, twenty they're or thirty way more miles. Than yeah, will ever be. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Hey, Jamie, it's Darian. I want to say one more thing. Yeah, go ahead. So I just wanted to make a big shout out um, to my mom and dad because they were at home and they couldn't make it for the race, and they. Taylor kept them updated so they can keep everyone else updated back home. So I want to get a huge shout out to them for all their love and support. Absolutely. Well, like we always say, it takes every, a, a lot of people behind the scenes to make these things happen. And, um, yeah, your, your, your family, you're going to be, when you get old like us, you're going to look back on these memories. You know, I, re, I remember being a little kid and, riding in the desert with my dad and those are some of the fondest memories i have so your your family's being involved makes it that much more special oh yeah definitely so what's the future plans for like are y'all doing this again is this going to be like a thing y'all try to do every year or what, what's coming up next dream team. yeah we're we're called the dream team <laughs> <laughs> 
gonna give her the pepper out there next year. So. <laughs> Well, extra just, pepper. <laughs> just so you know, I'm wearing y'all shirt in yeah. studio tonight in, oh, in support. So, and I, uh, I haven't told you, Taylor, but you you had a shirt signed for me that you sent me, and we're giving that one of our uh, listeners won that shirt. It'd be being sent out pretty soon. So, thank you for that. Absolutely, thank you. Well, it was really awesome talking to all you ladies. Um, I'm very impressed and proud of you. I don't really know any of you away, really. very well, but I, I feel like Taylor's become a friend, and I, I just I think you guys are awesome. So keep doing what you're doing, and hopefully if we can do anything to help you guys out, if you ever want to come on the show for anything, just let us know. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank and this you. is Sierra talking. I just also want to – Additionally, thank KU Truck Decking in the Countertop Shop. And I also want to thank everybody who bought a shirt from us. It really meant a lot to us and our journey on the Vegas Torino. So Absolutely. we really appreciate everybody. Absolutely. And get ready for next year. There yeah, get go. ready for next year. <laughs> so That's awesome. If any of our fans, you know, if you're in the Vegas area, you know, check out their sponsors. I know that Taylor and Sierra um, and I think Jody, all of you on your on your Instagrams have tagged all the people that have helped you out. So if you're in that area and you could use any of their sponsors to do anything, support our motocross community and the people that support our racers. So thank you ladies. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. You ladies have a great night. And like I said, thank you so much. Thank you. Talk soon. Okay. See you later. Dude, Some can you imagine? Ladies. Can you just? I just can't imagine just sending it through the desert, like, and not knowing where you're going right. at like sixty to seventy miles an well, hour. I I know I've repeated this, and I'm sorry to the people that don't like hearing the same stuff over. Who cares? I've only done the one desert race. It was a fifty-two mile loop. I was did you could you pre run? Years old though, so it didn't bother me. What's that? Could you pre run? No. Oh, okay. I had never done one of these. We just showed up, and you. Took, I just basically I followed a lot of other people, right? But yeah, you could get off course. It, it there's probably technology they use now like GPS and stuff. We I just f- followed the markers and and I did have one of those experiences where there's a main course or a main line and these guys are flying through there and I got off that main line and I could see a guy in front of me so I'm just pinning it to kind of keep up with this guy and all of a sudden there was like a six foot drop off into a ravine that the main line went across, but I fell off in this, <laughs> and I bit my handlebar straight down. Oh, my god! This is like, as I remember it, probably 10 minutes into the 52-mile loop, and I had to ride back with handlebars that looked like they were off a of GSXR. Well, that, T- that, what's it called, that Texas Cross Country Racers Association, TCCRA, I did. Mm-hmm. It was uh, four laps of a 10-mile loop. And I think I did one lap before I called it quits. <laughs> yeah, it's a long well, story. I got time yeah. to say it. it's, it's crazy. I did. The, it was a team race. My, I rode a lap, 52 miles. My dad rode a lap. And then I did it again, and he did it again. Wow. But, again, I was young. That's crazy. But it, by the end, I was experiencing, for the first time, arm pump and hand cramps where I couldn't <laughs> let go of the bars. And, yeah, what they do is just super rad and – it's a lot of fun though. So anyway, check them out. Um, I'll tag everybody on our Instagram. If you're listening to us, follow these ladies. They got some. They're always posting cool pictures of riding and stuff. And we need to support our female racers. Yeah. Okay, so we're about to wrap this up. Great night of shows. Appreciate everybody that came on. Appreciate everybody that listens. 
Remember, if you want to win the Amsoil uh, four-stroke pack from Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics, send me a reason why you should win to DarksideMX3 at AOL. And Brandon Carey, I'll be sending out your throttle to very soon, with, along with all the other Patreon stuff. Anything else? And that's it, man. We got um, we are going to be taking some breaks here as the down season because Darkside's got to have some kind of time off <laughs> to do his actual real job. So, um, but man, we are. I can't stress enough how much I appreciate the people who are downloading. Obviously, people are talking about the show and sharing it, and um, that's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I I don't know how we got to almost ten thousand listeners. But I, uh, I appreciate it. It means a lot to us, and we'll try to keep doing the best job we can. And as I always say, if you have any uh, – what's the word? Criticism? Um, critiques? Critiques. Critiques. Or, yeah, there's a word I'm looking for. Anyway. Or if you want to make fun of dark – Constructive criticism. It can be destructive, too. Or destructive. we, we got to keep, we gotta keep dark know. side's head in check. So uh, yeah. Let us know because I, I take all that in. I get people that let me know that the sound's not quite right when I'm uh, producing, and I'm trying to make it better. So thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Or we'll talk to you next week. Will we? Yeah. We next got a show week. next week because we have a new sponsor to announce. And uh, I'm excited. So, yeah, yeah. So, so we're going to have a show next week. So I've got we'll, a couple we'll, guests lined up. We'll fly in the next week then, right? Fly. Hey. Uh. All right. <laughs>